And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios right here in Northwest Pennsylvania. Broadcast live every weeknight. That's Monday through Friday from seven to ten p.m. Eastern Time, right here in the Global Star Radio Network. Also on BTR Blog Talk Radio, and of course YouTube Live. We're simulcast uh, on all three platforms. Don't forget, we've got two separate websites: HagmanandHagman.com. That's where you can watch the show and uh, pick your venue, and of course HagmanReport.com. That's for news information, analysis, show prep, everything you need at HagmanReport.com. <laughs> Excuse me. Don't forget, folks, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, that raises our visibility, also insulates us a little bit, and um, it, it does a lot of things. So we'd appreciate it uh, while you're there. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Two videos up today. Um, I did go ahead and take a look. One's only like four minutes, and the other is uh, about eight minutes on our channels. So I'm Doug Hagman with my son, fellow investigative researcher Joe Hagman. Together we're the Hagman and Hagman Report. Joe, I'm going to kick it over to you. Let's, uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of news going on. Great program tonight we've got lined up for you, for everyone. Uh, yes, we do. It's great to be here. And um, <clears throat> in the hour number one on this Monday edition, we have Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com, as well as Ross Powell, Survival401k.com. They are standing by, and uh, I'm going to bring them on momentarily. Just want to bring up. One quick headline, um, just for people who might be unaware or those who have been paying attention, keep your eye on the situation in California. Hopefully, uh, uh, I'm not sure that they will die down and, and get fixed. There are a number of storms that are, are uh, scheduled or looking like they're going to hit California in the affected area where this dam has, has uh, been breached in the next few days that could create a massive um Oh, problems just for millions everybody. of people in California. So prayers to go out to those people in the affected areas. But everybody keep your eye on this because I think it will get worse before it gets better. But I do hope I'm wrong. And you, and you know what, Joe, I think real quick, I just think, and so we had to Steve about this too. I think that this kind of, um, uh, gives you, gives a reason to have like a secondary location, a bug out location. Um, just <laughs> saying, you know, really some place to go to. I mean, if this goes bad, those people who do live in the, in the, you know, ground zero, they might never be able to go back. More than a, you know, more than a hundred thousand people were told were told to evacuate from the area. And yeah, two hundred. So, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And they say the worst to come: a million in the affected area zone. If the dam does break fully, the city of Sacramento, with over a million people, are at risk of being flooded out and washed away. And as I said, storms are predicted to come. So, uh, and even in California, they're saying that for 12 years now, officials have ignored warning. The warnings, uh, residents are angry and panicked, and the dam is expected to fail. So, something big to keep our eyes on. With that, Steve, it's great to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Joe, and thank you, Doug, and Ross will be on. Tonight, you're going to have Ross Powell unchained. You're going to have me chained, because, Doug, there's so much going on that uh, that 
every it seems like every hour it's no longer every day it's every hour something new and something very very dangerous is happening and for the record people of the world who listen to this broadcast tonight on what is it the 13th of february this is full-scale weather war underway remember this the whole plan if you don't believe that go look up uh uh weather uh, we own the weather 2025 year force study but what's happening now is it's all coming at once this is not just a single or individual circumstance i.e the floods in california i.e the snowpack i.e all of the earthquakes in turkey i.e all of the earthquakes simultaneously erupting all over the world spewing voluminous amounts of ash in the upper atmosphere they're going to that's going to affect the growing season just like it did in what uh, 1815 1816 when tambora went off and tonight ross and i are going to cover as much ground as we can and the brief amount of time that we have we're on for an hour and, and may god help us to redeem this time and the thing that i think everybody has to understand watching what's going on in oroville whenever you watch someplace else going under this type of uh, severe threat and displacement and and the upheaval in people's lives and we watched it in in the branson uh oh good night not branson forgive me the Tennessee, Dollywood, that whole area in Gatlinburg, as long as it doesn't touch us, we can feel sorry for people. That's not what our attitude is to be. Our attitude is to be prayerfully, and I would say this, believing in faith, interjecting our hearts for our countrymen. And as Ross and I go on the air tonight, we are under a full-scale internal communist plot. The former entity in the slaughterhouse is commanding 32,000 internal terrorists to uh, confront the new president-elect. Donald Trump is surrounded by enemies. He's surrounded by uh, uh, even stealth appointees of the Obama administration that do not stand out like a sore sore thumb. The people that he trusts the most, a lot of people have said, don't go with this guy, don't go with this guy, don't go with this guy or that lady. The thing is, we need to pray. As I said, that God is using Donald Trump as a prosecuting attorney. And I've been read over the riot act, you know, by my standpoint, and I won't back down. For those of you that think that God is not capable of turning the hearts of the kings or the President of the United States, think again. God responded, but Doug, we won that battle, but now the war is on. And never in the history of the United States has there been so much treason, within the branches of the military, the intelligence, the political, and the Senate, and the Congress. So we are in a, uh, we are in, let's just say this, a slaughterhouse stockyard uh, pile of dung hitting every fan and, and the dying pile being hit by thousand mile per hour winds, spreading it to the four corners of the earth. And people had better purpose in their heart tonight that the last thing they want to do is become a victim when they can be a victor if they'll act. And the last thing they want to do is be a refugee. Again, I'm I'm getting inundated as we're on the radio tonight, Doug and Ross and Joe, with people saying, well, my 
kids live in Oroville or, or whatever, what should I do? Well, the thing that I can only share with you is at this point, pray and believe. I even have one guy whose wife just sent me an email stating that uh, the woman gets what's going on, very bright, one of my listeners, and she's trying to tell her husband that, hey, the, the coast is getting really tough. I think they live inland California, and he wants to move to the beach. Do we be with his kids? So, brother, I'm telling you this. That's why I asked Ross. I said, Ross, I'm turning over to him right now. This is your night to be unchained because, listen, we are undergoing a full-scale internal communist assault. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'll let Ross explain to you in no uncertain terms what the left is doing to prepare while everybody kind of sits dumbfoundedly as deer in a million headlights coming their way. Go ahead, Ross. Hey, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Doug and Joe, for having me on. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy time, and as you were speaking, Steve, it made me think about the birth, birth pangs are, are getting closer and closer. I think uh, things are happening at a more rapid pace, and it's not just because we have more news. They're just, they're just more things that are happening. And what I, I think the key thing I want to touch on is we have a former president who is borderline committing sedition and treason, and, and the reason I say that is he's two miles from the White House, Bunkered up, and he's building a house with a six-foot fall, six-foot wall around it. He's got, as you mentioned, thirty-two thousand professional agitators. He's he's bulwarked with forty million dollars from Soros and the other <clears throat> other leftists like that. Ross, I don't, are, look, I, Ross, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Man. I, I just have to say this because I put up a, a video, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I did put up a video about this three, 32,525 foot soldiers, 250 offices across the United States. This um, organization, or Organizing for America, began in 2009, evolved twice. It's now Organizing for America as it stands today, and you're exactly right. Uh, both of you and Steve are exactly right. The threat is there, and they're commanding, they're leading from behind covertly to throw the uh, uh, Trump administration into uh, total chaos. I, I just had a day, and for people can go to our YouTube channel, and, and uh, it's all there. The evidence is there. Go ahead, sir. Oh, sure, great. I mean, thanks for the, the more facts that even holds our story even stronger. Is the fact that you have a, a, nobody in history, a president other than George Washington, led a revolution against uh, against another foreign power. But you, Obama sees the United States as a foreign power. And he's leading a communist brigade against against uh, our own country. And you and you see this, and you know, how can this happen? I'm in my in twilight zone. When you have a president that's an ex-president that is saying, "Go on with your with your protests." And he pays agitators and has all this money, the $40 million to, in his wheelhouse to deal with it. And a lot of people are doing it for, for free. So you have 32,000 useful idiots along with all of their, their stuff against that are, that are following them. The thing that's even more concerning just to that, because we know who the enemy is, but you also have preparations going on behind the scenes with the rank and file left. The usual people that are upset about whatever Trump does or their Hillary supporters. But now they're creating fight clubs for leftists to learn how to beat up Republicans. So before they would talk and say we need to be tolerant. Now they're finding ways to teach people how to fight and beat them up so that they get into a fight in a, in a demonstration. They're teaching them how to fight. The left is also still having their own prepper movement. Our prepping movement is completely asleep. When we thought Hillary was going to win, it was, it, was, it was arses and elbows, and everybody was getting all their preps done, and suddenly Trump wins. And somehow it's some panacea that he's going to solve all the problems that existed before the election are still there. And including something where well, we just collected the most tax ever in our history of the United States, and we still have a large deficit. 
So we're collecting more and more tax going into deeper, deeper debt. So nothing's changed. And you have leftists learning how to shoot, but getting their food, getting their bug out locations, banding together in communities so that they can continue this fight long term because they will never stop. And your listening audience, they will never stop. You can arrest the professional agitators, but once you get millions of people involved, they're not going to stop until they get their way. They don't, they don't follow the rules. The, the ends justify the means, and sometimes the means justify the means. So they are just getting, the only way to stop them is to stop their ability to resist, stop their ability to doing what they're doing, and many, and most times in legal ways you can do it, but our people need to stand up, get their preparations going, and, and, and wake up again, because this is a war, as Steve is saying, we're at war for our lifestyle, for our culture. I'm just waiting for the next Fort Shot that's up Fort Sumner, and it could be all over the country. But it's just, we're right below the surface, and I ask your audience to be self-reflective tonight, before I get into even more facts, is a look around, and do you, does everything feel right to you? Do you think everything is moving in the right direction with Trump as president? Can you talk about supporting Trump as, as the president in, 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 open, in open conversations around the water, watering hole at your office or in the grocery store? Do you feel self-confident about, self-conscious about talking about it? Are you afraid you're going to offend your family still? So the election's been over three months and there's still everybody's, the war is going on and it's deepening. So these kind of things, and, it, and that's just one aspect of it. That's just the, the social piece of this, the political realm. And you have people inside the white, inside the Congress who said, we're going to repeal Obamacare, and now all over the headlines on the mainstream media, oh, the Republicans are in disarray. But the state houses are getting their ducks in a row. So Washington is still dysfunctional. You have establishment people still trying to run the show. You have other people fighting against that. So it's two steps forward, one step back, or maybe one step forward, two steps back any given day. And so it's a constant barrage against our president and our lifestyle. But that, that's just the social political realm. And I don't want to have, I don't want to go on and on and on. Let's see if you guys jump in. But let's just talk about the economics of everything that's going. Nothing's changed. We still have $20 trillion worth of debt and growing. The market blew off the top again today, another hundred and something points. We're at 20,460. Soon we'll be at 21,000. And so I started looking at <clears throat> P&E ratios, which is price to earning ratio. Nobody knows anything about, about the stock market. But your, your stock price is based on your earnings and historically have been in the 9 to 15 range. The S&P, which is a broader index than, say, the Dow, it's much more, more broad across a diff, bunch of different industries. In the, in, the, in the heyday of 2008, when the crash happened, the P.E. ratio was 21.46, which is 7 points or 50% higher than it was on average, about 14.65 over the previous you know, 20, 30 years. Today, as of a close of business today, the S&P P&E ratio was 26.48. The same time last year, it was 22.18. So we're just constantly pumping up and pumping up and pumping up this balloon, and nobody's, everybody's got this irrational exuberance saying, well, it's the Trump rally. It's the Trump rally is going to change all these rules. No, it's called the Federal Reserve. It's called the central banks around the world. It's all pumping up and buying stocks. Many of the central banks now have the authority, especially in Europe, to buy stocks. So then you have Japan buying big big bulk of our stocks, and you have our central bank doing it. We have trillions of dollars in slush funds that they, that they put into place after the, the economic meltdown in 2008. So they can pump this up all day long. But it doesn't change the, the fact that the, the financials and everything else don't match the number. 
So whenever you get this skewed way out of proportion, something's going to have to give and something's going to pop. And then you, you leverage that or you look at that. And again, my intelligence background doesn't just take me one vector or two vectors. They take dozens of vectors and then all of being stories and you build a, a, a cross section to get down to a, to a bullseye. And now you have all these countries that are buying the debt or have been stepping out of the treasury market. They don't want to get into this $13 trillion deal. They're trying to get out of it. And so they're all threatening to, to sell. Japan has sold a bunch. China sold a bunch. Russia sold a bunch. So, our mark, our debt, our debt is getting bought by our own central banks. So you're just creating this fiat circle, and it can't, you can't keep popping a, pumping up a balloon and going bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, it's going to pop, and when that pop, it's going to, that's going to get all over everybody. So let's put it in context of, of, of this dam in California. I used to be in the insurance industry as a business analyst for Hartford Insurance for 11 years. I did a lot of numbers. I did forecasting on premiums, forecasting on losses in claims I worked at the Hurricane Andrew back in the day, setting up IT stuff for them. So let's put this in perspective. If that dam breaks and it washes all the way down to Sacramento and a million people get displaced, those are homes valued in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. All those insurance claims based on uh, that flooding, which is an act that potentially could be declared, declined because it can be considered an act of God, but let's say that they choose to pay those claims or forced to, those trillions and trillions of dollars that the insurance companies would have to pay out have to come from somewhere. So you can see insurance companies going bankrupt, so everybody's not going to get paid, and those houses don't get rebuilt. And if they do get paid, they have to liquidate all of their assets that are in the market, trillions of dollars in the market. So what does that do to, to, the, to the stock market? Boom, it, draw, it, it wipes it out. So not only will we have a human disaster if this thing happens in California, we're going to have an economic disaster the size we've never seen before because you can't take that much money out of the system to pay claims to everybody else. The government's going to have to step in. We may have to have, who knows, a whole other work program for all the unemployed to rebuild houses in California. And this is not hyperbole here. This is true fact. When I, paid, when I worked and paid claims with, with Hartford, you had what called a catastrophe, and, and you had to liquidate all kinds of positions in the market and cashed in, called in bonds, called in all kinds of things to raise cash in order to pay those those claims. So when you get your car bumper fixed from a vendor bender, that money has to come from somewhere. But that's not the size that we're talking about. It could wipe out the entire insurance industry. I can I can I can bet I can tell you to a T that the folks in Hartford, all the insurance companies in Hartford, in the Midwest, farmers, State Farm, all those are looking at that with great worry and I'm sure their positions to sell are already ready to, are already queued up in the event of that thing breaking. So this well, is nothing in this is that shared ri- or not shared risk, but reinsurance? Uh, is that what it's called when you've got one insurance company spreading the risk over multiple uh, companies? But right, right. Without... I mean, you, well, right. Well, they have insurance. They have reinsurance over some large risks. I mean, individual risk, you'll, you'll go to reinsurance. But at a certain point, a catastrophe, they may have some reinsurance over five million, ten million, billion dollars, or whatever. But then that goes and causes a, a contagion across Europe. So let's say you have right. Lloyd's of London or these other re- reinsurers that brings down the European market. So the entire exactly. world economy could collapse just because of this dam breaking. Because anybody that lives in California, even in that area, knows exactly how much those houses cost. Anybody that's ever visited there gets sticker shock on how much those houses cost. And to rebuild them and all that market, the market cap is just, it's, it's, it's staggering. So if, if the market goes, goes south, who's going to be left holding the bag? Who's going to be left standing and doing well are those that have hard assets. 
not the ones that go on the ground underwater in California, but those who have hard metals. They have food. They have water. They have things that are going to keep them alive. It's assistance living. So you just think about that. If you don't have water right now in California, and let's say not even the infective area, it could still hit you. If you don't have three weeks of food or four weeks of food in your house, you need to get some more. So all of these things you need to get prepared, and it's not just because of the world is unraveling, which it is, but more so, this, if this thing passes by and hopefully our prayers are answered and God graces us again and this dam does not fail and we live, we live to carry on, that will be a wonderful thing and all, all prayers go out for that. Let's hope so. But if it doesn't, then everybody needs to be prepared for what's going to be coming ahead. So I just would like to take a break there for a second, Steve. Anything that I missed, Steve, I'm thinking it's, uh, this is pretty strong. Sure, and, uh, and I want to I I deal with Doug's. Yeah, Doug, your question is they also have... Uh, cross-collateralized holdings. I'll run through some of the biggest insurers in the world, and these will be familiar to you, Ross. AXA or AXA, 102 million customers, 56 countries, Zurich Insurance Group, China Life Insurance Group, Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's outfit, Prudential, PLC, uh, United Health Group, Munich Re. Now, I would recommend people pay attention to Munich Re. Some people pronounce it Munich Re because they're the ones that basically do the yearly forecast of how much damage is going to be uh, probably presented to the insurance uh, underwriters around the world. And so when you're dealing with a trillion-dollar issue and you've got assets of 509 uh, billion pounds, let's say about $700, million, uh, $700 billion, what people only look at is the initial claim. And the initial claim has what I would say cascade multiple demands on a single asset. I'll give you a good example. We're dealing right now with what's obviously going on in California, the potential claims in the Sacramento Valley, all of the different people that are in harm's way. Yet there's very few people talking about the amount of damage that was done in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and the whole uh, Tennessee forest fires. And there's very few people talking about the, uh, and I'll say this, the actual costs of Fukushima in the loss of not only fishing and not only, quote, the sporting revenue, but the sheer loss of uh, marine mammals. Now, Doug, I want to share this about Fukushima. I started screaming like others, and the greatest cover-up in history and the greatest cover-over in mass death and a truly horrific series of events is taking place in Fukushima. When I got my start, real quick, uh, one-minute story in... Um, in the whole survival preparedness business, it was based around nuclear uh, weapons, nuclear uh, protection, i.e. the different uh, areas of civil defense, national defense, and basically uh, what civil defense actually be, uh, becomes a very important function of your war department. China and Russia built on that foundation, as well as Switzerland, Sweden, some other you know uh, uh, countries in Europe. But to a large extent, the United States States has zero, nada, niet, nothing, and in civil defense. So what I'm what I'm really puzzled by is this: I have yet to see anybody take the calamities that are happening. And floods, for the record, Russ would tell you this too. Floods take the greatest toll on insurance companies for damage. I mean, actual cash damage. Now there are exceptions, rarely, but there are rare exceptions. But how would you calculate the loss of global farming for a year? 
Well, you know, I can do what I call quick and the light, or, you know, I used to call it quick and dirty. I changed it to quick and the light. You can go and see what the 56 or 106, whatever amount of countries you want to do, their gross agricultural revenue and their net exports. Following with me, Doug? Joe? Ross, of course, you're following. Oh, yeah. Us. Oh, yeah. And of you course. can basically see, you can project in there a 25% decrease, a 50% decrease, 75%, or 100%. And the 100% did happen in history, you know, after Mount Tambora went off in Indonesia, and it was 1816, I think, that the there was just no, no summer. So the growing season is effective. Now... And, and those of you who are computer geniuses, do the math and for me, please, and send me the results. I, I really will appreciate it. The bottom line is, and it'll be helping everybody, if you grasp the amount of infrastructure necessary just to repair the uh, communities in the United States that are drinking, basically, and I'll call it, I'm sorry if this offends everybody, then wake up. There are a lot of people that need to get slapped in the face, but the literal uh, urine pour, I'll change it from the P word, urine pour conditions of the water where uh, physical human urine and animal urine is more sterile than the water they're drinking in countries around, or excuse me, cities and municipalities around the country. Now, again, people don't get it. When you're dealing with a flood, water's the last thing you're worried about having to concern yourself with as far as drinking. But drinking water is one of the biggest, uh, if you will, the uh, lack of drinking water or potable water outside of filtration, etc., becomes problematic. And so now we're dealing with a potential of 200,000 people. And I did get an email from a gentleman in Sacramento claiming that, you know, the rains have stopped temporarily and they're working like mad, but that Sacramento at this point, I just got this 10 minutes ago, is not in danger of immediate evacuation. So that's from somebody who lives there, okay? But what we're trying to get across to everybody tonight is this is the lateness of the hour. You have a literal attempt of overthrowing the presidency of the United States. You have got many, many military people that know where all the goodies are that basically have been either compromised or bought off. Does anybody even worry that the former director of the Central Intelligence Agency, Brennan, was a Muslim? Does anybody even worry that DHS, during all those years of the Obama terrorism uh, uh, presence in the United States, had access to everybody's uh, records, whether you're in the military and the civilian population? So, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, moe, which will be the first to go when the order is given to them to start taking out people? And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I have lieutenant commanders, I have colonels, I have uh, uh, individual one-star generals uh, and others, they're, they're saying, Steve, help the people to understand what is at stake. So, Doug, I'm telling you this. When Office of Personnel Management lost 20 million names, they didn't lose them. Guess who's watched that happened on? And Steve, so you don't have to go, go for a far hold stretch to figure out. We are we're up against the break, folks. You're listening to Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Ross Powell from Survival401k. We're talking about a number of important current Man. issues from the... She's uh, right, though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we're going to continue to pick up right where we left off on the other side. You're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Monday edition. Don't go anywhere.
Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of end times fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews only states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Steve Quayle from SteveQuayle.com, Ross Powell from Survival401k.com. Oh, you guys always say the market's going to crash, things are going to get bad. Well, it's even truer now, isn't it? That's right. I said, isn't it? That's my English. All right. Uh, Precious Metals, Steve Quayle, SteveQuayle.com. The only place to trust, in my view, if you're going to order Precious Metals, Steve Quayle, SteveQuayle.com. And you know what? If I had money to invest... I know you do. I would want to manage it myself. Alternative investments, concierge services. Alternative investments, including precious metals, real estate, private equity loans, or private equity, private loans, etc. Survival 401k. That's Ross Powell's business. What a great duo. 
um, talking about a lot of things. Uh, Steve Quayle, we left off with Steve, saying, you know, under whose watch did all of this uh, sedition occur? Steve, pick it up. Well, again, tis a season for treason was that way. But all these, and when I use the word bastards, I'm going to define it so you people think that, you know, that's an offensive word, yet murdering babies and eating Christians is not offensive. The word bastard is what God literally calls the fallen angel offspring. And these are the people that are the rulers of this present darkness that are behind everything. And so as we're headed into the most giant spiritual, uh, if you will, morass of evil, these bastards, and I'm talking about those who are in places of authority, are doing their best to bring down the United States, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not, the U.S. is uh, perfect. I'm just saying this, that God gave us a reprieve, and during this reprieve, he is asking us right now, what are we going to do with what he gave us? So, I want to jump to a subject. Having been in the prepping prepping business for now, you know, off and on, I don't know how long, 35 years, and forgive me, Doug, I don't mean to sound, but can I tell you something? It's the majority of my adult life, so I'll just leave it at that. One of the things that is obviously unnerving to many listeners of yours, obviously many viewers of yours, many of my emailers, many of Ross's uh, customers that are looking to get out of their 401ks or IRAs and into their own self-controlled vehicle in which they can take control of their own funds, invest as they see fit, and be able to contact. But the other thing, the number one thing that I get asked day in, day out, and you can bet with what's going on in Oroville. By the way, Oroville means city of gold. And one of our listeners just sent us an email saying, do you think the dam breaking in Oroville is the dam breaking in Oroville a prophetic sign of the uh, price control in gold breaking? I don't know if you've ever heard that, Ross. I never put that together until uh, this listener sent it to me, and I use his name, but I don't have you know, permission to use it. So the most important thing right now that I'm getting asked, and I'm sure you can uh, you know, ditto this, is that where do I go? Look, I don't have, I'm not a billionaire, I'm not a millionaire. I can maybe, you know, sell my host, get some equity, but people want two things. They want a safer place than they currently exist, and they want a place with like-minded believers. Now, I'm going to ask Roth. I want to make this clear. I have no financial interest in what I'm going to say. MyOzarkHomestead.com. I talked to the owner and the founder of that. I talked to Ross. I said, Ross, here, here is what I want to know. And Ross now is associated. And thank God they gave it over to somebody who understands the many complexities of this. Because you can't. I'll tell you one thing. Any group that gets together on the basis of a common threat without being drawn together and having uh, the, the whole greater, uh, the concern for everyone greater than the self-concern is going to fail. So when Ross said, Steve, let me tell you about this deal. It's called MyOzarkHomestead.com. Now, I want you to share, Ross, with the people of what they've done there and what you're doing to try and help along the way because there's no place I know of in the country where for a, an amazingly, and I mean an amazing low price, you've been there, you know this for real, share everything you feel like you want to share about MyOzarkHomestead.com because you know what, brother? You are saving me answering 
too many emails, and I, I'm not going to do it. I cannot answer every email. They all start out like this. I know you're very busy and your time is important, but, and I'm not making fun of anybody. Please, ladies and gentlemen, listen to Doug's show. Listen to all the guests. Make a list. Get a notebook and start doing the stuff. Share about myozarkhomestead.com, Ross Powell, if you would, because I have never seen, and I've been in this. I used to be around people that built a million-dollar bunkers. I built probably two or three of them. I didn't build them. I had them built for me, and I do not currently have one, for the record, over the years. And the deal is, is that the average guy, just for a family of four, if he does it right with everything, you're looking at easily, easily 50000 in the best-case scenario, depending on your concrete thickness, depending on your air filtration, depending on your blast over valves. These are uh, over uh, over pressure valves, depending on what form of radiation monitor and detecting equipment you're using. Obviously, if you're outside, uh, is hot, you want to be inside with a remote. So please, just take it, Ross. This is important because people... I don't know how many total units they have available, but I can tell you this. I, you know, you may uh, find that this is a very affordable alternative, and it never hurts to have a backup plan. Go ahead, Ross. I'll just be quiet and let you go for it. Oh, sure. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. And, and uh, I got involved in this from one of my actual my clients who is a 401k customer. He called me and told me all about it. I had to go see for it myself, and I went out to Missouri, and it's in the Ozarks in Crawford County, Missouri. Those of you who may know where that area is about two hours north of Branson and about 90 minutes from, from St. Louis, so so we're in between, but it's in the middle of what I, I would call it the, wa- the water capital of the world. There's springs sprouting everywhere, and it's where Ozark, the Ozark of water comes from. But I went out there, and I, was, I saw what Jeff was doing, and I just came back from Friday. I spent another three days there. They hired me to be their, I guess, hired gun to be their CEO, uh, to take over the reins and, and make it business-like and get them, because there's, some, there's such an overwhelming response that they need somebody to organize it and get, get them moving. There's about 80 spots on this particular property of 200 acres, and each person can can get into a home with a lot, but 90 by 90, like you have in the suburbs, a cabin ranging from 16 by 24, which is about 384 square feet, all the way up to 48 by 48. But generally speaking, the largest we try to go to is, is 24 by 40. But you can get into this for the less than the price of a new Ford SUV. Under $50,000, you get a bunker, you get a lot, you get a cabin with electricity and indoor plumbing, sewage, water. Uh, you can get Internet. You can get television. You, I mean, you can get cable. You can get anything, everything you have, but except you're going to be in a self-sustaining farm. There will be uh, uh, aquaponics. There will be, you know, ground, uh, having crops on the ground, but also greenhouses for the winter, livestock, hogs, chickens, goats, things of that nature. But a bunker underground, this first one is going to hold 48 people, but it's going to have an air system that's going to be pushing a thousand feet cubic feet per minute. And I talked to Steve about that, and he said that's what you need. So you're going to have all the things that you're going to need in order to be underground. But the difference between this place, the My Ozark Homestead, and all those really high expensive ones that are in the missile silos, once the roof comes off again and you're out and you can be out, those people have no way to raise any food. They have nothing. We have a complete farm that will get you there and like-minded people that all have to be approved with back, criminal background checks. All, most all will be Christians. They're all like-minded people. And so you all have to go through a process to get it to, to be allowed to come on board. And there's like 80 plots. Well, there's like probably less than there's probably 60 plots left, in the, in the, even including the second phase. And we're looking at expanding to another 550 acres because the response has been so great. So I, I can't tell you because this is, this is taking a lot of, a lot of my time within my business before 401k. So it's huge. 
So I, I, I've been out there. I've seen they're building the lake with lakefront properties. They're, they're digging the bunker. The roads are in. There's cabins being up. Six more buildings are starting this week. So, and we have a litany of people still standing in line trying to get there. So, a phones are ringing off the hook. There's a phone number on Steve's site, but I would recommend that you actually go to the website and hit the contact page because you're going to get in line because there's so many people calling that if you're interested in doing something like this, you need to get there. And, and, and Steve, you're right. The question that people ask, where can I go in the event of, of a catastrophe? How am I going to get to where I'm going? I, I, or I, I bought 20 acres, and how am I going to man that? If you have 168 hours of time every week, if you have 20 acres by yourself with you and your, your wife and three kids, how can you how can you protect that? You can't. And how are you going to find a doctor? How are you going to get a dentist? How are you going to get a school teacher? All those things are going to be are all part of the home. My Ozark homestead. We have ex-cops, ex-New York detectives, uh, military people. I have a surgeon. I have an anesthesiologist. Two of them. A nurse practitioner. Uh, school teachers. Uh, everybody that's anybody and everybody even got a, I've got this interview that's name is Tim. He's the the sewage treatment guy that's been around big big cities that could actually maybe coming on board as well. So we have God is bringing. When I always talk about mustering the remnant, God is always is bringing a bunch of people from all over the country. They're not just from Missouri. They're from Ohio and New York and Virginia. Two from Florida already. We have people from three from California, two from Texas, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, what I said, Ohio, Indiana. I mean, all these people are coming around from all these different walks of life, and from every every rank and file of the economic strata are coming in here, and, and God is moving them and, and, and petitioning. You would see just see the. Emails I get of people saying, I've been looking for this as an answer to prayer. I've been called to do this. Well, how do I get there? So it's just amazing how God is moving on this. And the fact that he just kind of pushed me and, and, and they hired me to do this, uh, I'm just I'm just dumbfounded because it's bigger than all of us. I mean, the founder feels like Moses and I feel like Aaron someday. It's, it's craziness on how these things are, are working. But God, sometimes when he moves, he moves in big ways and the spirit is moving in the Ozarks. So it's, it's well, I think phenomenal. it's fair to say, yeah, let me interrupt you, ladies and gentlemen. When I put the banner up on my site, I wanted to know how much interest there was, okay? And I believe that I called Ross, did I, within, a, I don't know, within a week, however many days, it was less than a week, and you told me you had 1,789 responses, is that correct? Well, we had, we had I mean, our, hit, our, our hits on our website went up tripled, quadrupled in, in less than right. three days. Right, so, okay, that was the time frame. Now, why am I saying this? Okay, hey, when I first went in the survival business, I'm not telling old guy stories, I'm just giving the bottom line. I love the bottom line, we'll work backwards. There is no place I know that provides underground facilities. What you guys are providing for everyone, I mean, it's basically a community, a place to live. Uh, all of the, the specialists, when you got a surgeon, anesthesiologist, licensed practical nurses, RNs, when you've got the caliber of people and I won't let the, well, I'll let a little bit of the cat out of the bag. You know, my position is, what do you want to put cats in a bag for? Tell everybody the, up front, you know, and let them decide. But there are some incredibly gifted and brilliant men of, um, how do I say this, scientific renown. Because, listen, no man is an island unto himself, you know. The Bible says if we walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship one with another, one with another, then the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all, from all all our sins. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't mean the blood of Jesus needs fellowship, but you need fellowship. I need fellowship. And the number one, uh, uh, 
I would say this malady that's uh, attacking Christians that I that respond to me on my email is loneliness and isolation. Now I'm not talking about isolation. They all live in the outback of Australia. Though I got emails from those guys that come into town once a week and email me. But the point is, is that isolation. People who love the Lord with all their heart want to be around with other people. So there is community. By the way, God is our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be His name. He wants His family back. He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to bring His family back. And as one native, listen. Here's a true story, and this is this will illustrate this. Uh, a native, a former cannibal headhunter, was won to Jesus by the simple, simple presentation of the gospel that God is the Father of all, and He wants His family back. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know, you know, from one day or another, unless Ross tells me how many are are units are available, but here's the deal. There is no place. I would challenge anybody with the price of concrete, unless you're a do-it-yourselfer and all your labor can be done, and then to have the time to do it, to concentrate, because a good, a good, uh, oh, safe air system, minimum is going to cost you 5 k 5000 bucks. When you're dealing with uh, large shelter capacity, obviously there are ways to build stuff, so you have to pay the commercial prices, but the LUVA, L-U-W-A, filter uh, systems are, are world-renowned, but those things for a shelter of 100 people cost about 100000 bucks. So, you know, you can usually figure 1000 to 1500 bucks per person, per shelter for air filtration and exchange. So, you know, Ross, again, I think people should uh, uh, really understand that. Now, I want you to, uh, if you will, go into detail, too, in the closing 15 minutes of uh, clearoutmyozarkhomestead.com and let's tell people what's going on, how can the market sustain themselves? I'm asking about the gold and silver and the precious metals complex being so manipulated for so long that, I, you know, I get people saying, Steve, you post all these stories on your website from all these billionaires and they're even wrong. Well, I got to tell you something. No matter how many billions you have, the people that print money can make even more billions than you have. So, Ross, will you just go ahead and clear out myozarkhomestead.com and then Say whatever you want to say. Give out whatever contact information. But because we've only got 15 minutes left, brother, this is talking about truth at the speed of light. Uh, what you know, what people can do to uh, look out for what's going on because the market's going to crash. You're going to blame it on trush, uh, trunch. <laughs> that's Trump and crunch. And they're going to do everything they can to lay everything off on him that's already been put in place by all the communists inside our government and outside the government. And now the ones in the streets are being told to uh, basically go out and kill Whitey. That's actually on uh, an article on my site. And to kill Trump fans. Now listen, ladies and gentlemen, I've been in the uh, uh, preparedness business a long time. I used to be in the sporting goods business, guns, ammo, indoor shooting ranges. And so when I get information from ammo manufacturers and distributors that they are absolutely distributing, uh, they meaning they are selling truckloads to, listen to this, left-wing organizations and, 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 you know, they, if their money is good, I guess they've got to take it. But the point is, is hey, Ross, what you and I talked about earlier, hey, now the left wing gets it because they're going to originate it, and everybody who is a prepper for the right reason seems to, like, go to sleep. So you want to address that and then say whatever you want to say about myozarkhomestead.com? Sure, sure. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I started at the, earlier, at the start of the show, I talked about 
they're creating fight clubs and, and for the left and they're teaching how to fight. They're learning how to shoot. They're, they're, they're preparing what they call the Trumpocalypse and, and they're getting ready to, they're, they're planning on an armed takeover because I, like I said before, they're not going to stop until you stop them. And, and, and I'm all big into stopping them in the legal way. I hope to God it never comes to a civil war, but that's what they're looking for. And, and you have the leftists and you have treasonous people inside our, our State Department. And most recently, the Muslim Brotherhood spies were inside the State Department, people that were technology guys that had access to all the secret data of the foreign, uh, the foreign, uh, uh foreign service and, and also these various, uh, these special, uh, operations. And that last one that failed in Yemen, or it actually succeeded at a certain level. But if you talk to the people that were actually in there, they were ready for them, waiting for them. And the folks that actually had the data that could, were actually Muslim Brotherhood dupes that were inside our IT groups of that, of that special committee inside the Senate. So they knew what's go, exactly going on. Those people have been fired. Tillerson's come through and laid waste to the entire state market because he's, he's whacking all kinds of folks that are, that are left-leaning and they're actually causing their way with sedition as well as being useful idiots. So all of that's coming and it gets to the bottom line here and is that do you feel safe where you are? Do you think things are going or getting better? Do you think the, the government is running better? Do you think your neighborhood is better? Or is the job market better? Do you, or you have more money in your savings account? Do you, are your credit cards lower? Is there anything changed since November 8th? And I would be glad to have an email to tell me, yes, sure it has. That's great. I would love to hear from you because that would be a great thing. But most people I talk to, it's not that way. So if you, if you are constantly worrying about what your neighbor said, I take my dogs for a walk and I see, you know, here in Texas, I hear Hillary, I see Hillary signs in the yards and people are still raising hell about it. You can't talk about it in the grocery store. People out, about people raising hell with it, giving a dirty look. Somebody actually, one kid, I, and this is a true story, two weeks ago, I was sitting in a restaurant talking with, my wife over is just having some lunch, and some kid comes up and says, "What? Are you, I heard what you're talking about. Would you just please just, why don't your generation just die off? And I told him, I looked at him, I said, well, I'll go today if you want me to, if you don't mind, I'll take you with me. And then they backed off and thought I was crazy and all that, but it was just being smug about it. But I, I still believe that the audacity of somebody come up and say, why don't you just die so that we don't have to deal with your opinion any longer? So the freedom of I admire, I, of Ross, I admire your, your, your extreme self-control, and I'm glad you didn't offer him the alternative in saying you first and send him to his great reward. I do admire you for doing that, but I thought it was a classic answer to a total ass. Right. I mean, I, and I have a concealed carry one, and I was carrying that day. Took every action not to feel threatened and and, and brandish it, but then I didn't want to go to jail. But I said, I'll, if, I'll go today if you, if you don't mind me taking you with you. And he just the look on his face was like, I can't believe you said that. That's totally rude. Like like he wasn't rude to me. So anyway, I'm sure others out there have probably witnessed that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, and, and I'll close out with, and we're getting close. The, my Ozark Homestead is a place where Christians can come and, and be a remnant community. There's a, there's about 60 lots left. Uh, probably two, three hundred people total are going to be there. Sustainable farming, a bunker below ground, plenty of all the water you can drink. And every, right now you will have, but while the grid is still up, you'll have every, uh, comfort that you have in the city. The only difference is you're going to live in a smaller house, you're going to live a more simple life. You will try not to be on the internet all the time, get out there and know your friends, get off of social media, get in there and meet, meet people and make friendships. Because the time is going to be coming where you're going to need to know who is sitting next to you. There are no atheists in foxholes. That's an old saying. But there are no strangers in battle either. Either you trust that person next to you, it's not going to stab you in the back like the folks in our government are doing, and our current our ex-president is actually stabbing America in the back, Trump in the back. So we are ripe for revolution. 
And if you're not safe where you are today, then you know, if you can't come to the Ozarks and you can't get there or you can't afford it, you need to find a MAG, a mutual assistance group. You need to find people like-minded and, and find people that have the skills that you need, medical, dental, uh, whole health, essential oils, natural remedies, all of those things you're going to need to survive because if the grid goes down, and it will during this period because if we go into – we start to get full-scale battle and, and they fire their first shot and people start getting killed when they're already shooting cops and you have that thin blue line still holding us all, all, all apart – but if that thin blue line fails, and God bless them that, that are doing that job, but if that fails, it's going, to be, it's going to be anarchy, and the government's going to have a hell of a time bringing everything back to order. So commerce will stop, uh, jobs will be lost, trucks will stop running, food will be short, so you need to make sure you have food, water, weapons, ammo, a place to go, or, or, or a group of people to band together that can help each other. Because if you live in a gated community, that's not going to help you. So you need to make sure you know your neighbors, and many people don't even know the neighbors. They wave them when they drive their car into the garage. Get out and know people. Do a little intel gathering. Find out what people are doing in your neighborhood, who, who you're going to be dealing with. Are you, do you live in, are you a red dot in a, in a blue zone? Because if you are, you may be up in, in deep trouble, and you may need to find a way to get out and find people that you're more, more like-minded. So the, the, my Ozark Homestead is a great place to come. Um, if you want to contact us, you can reach us on the, our website, myozarkhomestead.com. And one thing I mean, my customers already know, you can use your 401k money either to use it as an investment property. It's not that far from, from Branson, so you could use it as a potential to rent it out and have people go and live, live on a sustainable farm. You could have a, you know, eco, eco tourism. There's all kinds of trees and, and animals and there'll be a, a lake with fishing and all this kind of stuff. Or at the same time, or you could use it as a, as a place to go, take a loan against your 401k and buy this property. And, and you can use it as a full-time residence or as a, a weekend retreat, whatever you want to do, but you can protect you and yours and be amongst, amongst a bunch of people that are all professionals. In fact, to your point, Steve, earlier, we have a rocket scientist, what I call him a rocket scientist, his name is, is TJ, and he's coming on board with us, and he works for NASA. He's built some of the biggest things for NASA in the rockets. So we have a, a real rocket scientist, Jet Propulsion Lab, all of those things. We have really bright people coming. God is moving his remnant in a big way, and it's starting in the Ozarks. And so I would recommend people take a check us out, make a phone call. We'll schedule some time to, to talk to our sales staff to make sure this is a good fit for you. Then we can have an application put in and then run your background check. Then you have to come on to the property and take a look around and see if this is where you want to be. So once this fills up, we're moving to another location in the Ozarks first, but I've had interest in, in Tennessee, in Wisconsin, in Texas, so we may be coming to a town near you, but right now we're working on our prototype, and it's going to be the flagship going forward. So there's just a lot of stuff going on. See, but I don't know where to start anymore because I wake up every morning. I check my tablet when I first wake up, thinking, "What did the, did the world end today?" Because I'm, I'm expecting every morning for something, either something happened to the president, something happened to one of his cabinet members, or war. And because there's pushing for war with Russia, China, North Korea, Iran. There's hawks trying to push war again. And, and this time, it's not going to be just men going. It's going to be men. Your, your sons and daughters are going to go to fight a war that we don't need to fight. 
So to right, you can't that, do that with a, yeah, hey, Ross, you were in the military. You yes. can't do that with only 35% of your airborne assets able to fly. No ammo yet. You know, remember when DHS had all their billions to buy billions of rounds of ammunition and, and weapon and everything? Ladies and gentlemen, that was always for an internal civil war force that would be brought in ahead of time, i.e., uh, unvetted immigration and released to, uh, the arms will be released to them. It's all being orchestrated from uh, a few blocks away from the White House, and I want to say this, okay, Lord, help me to say it right, and I'm serious. What you think isn't coming your way will show up on your porch when you're not prepared for it, and I think this is really a critical time to consider this. Also, I want to make a statement. I've been in the food preparedness business off and on for, you know, since I've been in the the, the, uh, survival business, and if 1,000 people, and for the record, it is slow, it is dead, it's like everybody turned off the prep movement. Guess who's buying the food now? You got it, you know? Those who uh, exemplify revolution and Che Guevara and the whole crew. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to pray about this. And by the way, on my site, they're back in stock, are the air escape bucket lids. For those of you that don't know what a cache is, some people pronounce it cash. When you're putting stuff in, in plexiglass tubes and burying, whether it's rifles, ammunition, food, whatever, one of the problems you encounter is rust because you can't, unless you put in desiccating gel, take the water out of the stuff you store. Well, Airscape bucket lids, and they're on my website in the middle banner right above the hot headlines, are available once again. Uh, fascinating. Basically, imagine a gasket on a handle, uh, and you basically can push the gasketed bucket lid down and displace all the oxygen, and if you put clothes and ammunition and everything, it's the perfect thing. They're like 20 bucks for the lids. They're a neat deal. In my opinion, they're one of the neatest survival items I've ever seen. So they're called the Airscape, A-I-R-S-C-A-P-E lid. And for those of you that are thinking, you know what, I want to just waterproof a whole lot of stuff. I want to make sure that, you know, if my, whatever, wherever I live, if it floods, I can put my most valuable stuff in a three to seven gallon bucket and put a lid on it. Now, that, there's one time you want to put a lid on it. So please, Absolutely. ladies and gentlemen, t- Take a look at it. And, Doug, thank you. Joe, thank you. This situation, the Ozarks, will not stay open long. That's not a sales pitch. 1,789 people hit those guys from my site in three days. And I can tell you that the numbers are increasing. Yep. It's all about options. And there it is. Ross Powell, Survival 411. Yep. Thank you, Doug. God Thank bless you, you Steve Quayle. Thank you. God bless you both. Again, uh, go to stevequayle.com, click on the link to the Ozarks. Um, it's all about options. We, we got pages upon pages upon pages of people wanting options. There you have it. Get right back, sir, right where you're at. The thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right. You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a thing, you're charging irrechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greeninnovative.com. That's greeninnovative.com. Perhaps you're a business out there, a small business. Would you like to extend the reach of your business? I bet you would. 
Would you like to, to have the same opportunities as companies such as Omaha Steaks, Pro Flowers, and Casper Mattress, and some of the bigger companies out there? Would you like to have that same power? Advertise on our program. Go to HagmanandHagman.com or send an email to opportunities at HagmanandHagman.com. If you go to HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com, there's a link where you can, you can, you can, it's a big red box. You'll see it. You'll see it. Click on that link and go ahead and read the benefits what we have created for you. I think it's, I think it's a fabulous opportunity. For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. You know what, folks? I want to direct your attention to HagmanReport.com. That's our home base. And uh, look for, each week, look for the Vintage Radio. Uh, that's right. That's right, the Vintage Radio. And there on our website, HagmanReport.com, you can find the guests for the week. This is done by our program director, John Robertson. Incredible in terms of... Uh, preparation, laying it all out for you. And one of the things that uh, we had asked them to do was uh, find the best independent researchers, investigative journalists, researchers on topics. And I- I've heard from so many people. One of the uh, one of those independent researchers, her name is Sophia Smallstorm. Her, her website is about the sky. Dot com, but she's a regular guest on numerous radio programs, and she is a wealth of information. Let me tell you, uh, Richie Allen show uh, for one one radio show, um, SGD report. I mean, just and she's got an amazing video YouTube channel, an amazing channel where a lot of well, folks you can get educated by what she has done. And I'm really impressed by her work. And, and, the, and another thing I'm impressed with is she is not afraid to investigate the controversial subjects. I don't care whether it's 9-11 or Sandy Hook or Skies or... It doesn't matter. She'll go out there and she will investigate and, as any independent journalist would. So it's our honor to bring her on for the first time debuting on the Hagman and Hagman Report, uh, Sophia Smallstrom. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us tonight. 
Oh, well, thank you very much for inviting me. It's so nice to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. You, you know, you've um, you, there's so much to talk about, and, and we really appreciate your gift of time. Uh, we I, I spent part of the weekend and a lot of today looking at your material, your and listening to interview after interview. You cover so much, so much of everything. But one thing I'm not too certain about: how in the world did you get started? asking questions if you don't mind giving us a little bit of history about yourself to the extent you feel comfortable that'd be great because i i, I just wonder i marvel at uh, at your ability to get to uh, get to the the root of matters at hand well okay i should really go back to my days at college or university and it has occurred to me since then that the method of educating people at high, um, highly desirable universities, I went to an Ivy League school, and uh, it was a requirement for me, um, of me, by my family. I absolutely had to go to one of those schools, and there was no buts or ifs about it. So what I realized there was that breakneck pace at which we went through material did not give us any opportunity to study that material, really understand it, ask our own questions about it, and satisfy ourselves that we were actually learning something. You had to speed through stuff. I mean, there was a semester when I had a thousand pages of reading a week and I had to write a paper a week. It made, it was terrible. And this is called trauma-based education. You don't learn. You just absorb and you're frantically trying to prove that you can write something about this. But it's not, it's not real learning. So after I got out of that place, I was shell-shocked, really. You know, the first summer that I was out of this Ivy League school, I painted houses. And my parents were horrified. They couldn't understand how they spent so much money on you know, this education they were giving me, and then I would go and paint houses. But it allowed me to kind of clean my head out, literally. I mean, we had to paint with oil-based paints, and the fumes were bad, and luckily I didn't do it for very long. But I then embarked on my own life, and I refused to go to graduate school. I did not want to become anything with letters and degrees. At one time, I kind of uh, wavered, and I went to a postgraduate um, program at Columbia to enter medical school, and that was horrible as well. So I quit that. And I, I guess over the course of many years, I became what I am now. So does that explain it a bit? It, it does, and it's interesting you use the phrase trauma-based education. It's yeah. <laughs> so the education that that your family and and you paid to attend that was supposed to set you up, you know, for, with the uh, information that you needed to pursue a career of your choosing actually was a hindrance to you, and you going out on your own um, and finding your own way in in the world and taking you know that that time off that mental break actually is what led to you being able to to think and, and apply yourself the way you do today. Critical thinking. Right. Yeah. yeah, and actually, I have to credit the school I was at. It was a very different kind of Ivy League school. It was Brown University, and they prided themselves on the kind of students that they drew, who were all very um, 
diverse in the sense of their life experience. Many were valedictorians. They they were all very intelligent, but they had ventured and adventured. I mean, there was one kid who, uh, if I remember correctly, he had uh, climbed Everest. I think he actually, I don't know if he did the whole thing, but he was a junior in high school, and um, that was remarkable, you know. These kinds of people. So I actually had a much better time with my peers than I did with my professors. My professors were, it was all inflated Marxist mumbo-jumbo. That's really what it was. Interesting. Well, not surprising, but but nonetheless. Uh, so, so here you are. and Okay, and, and you're highly respected and well received on on the internet with respect to all subjects that you uh, that you investigate. Um, if I can just ask this, I, I guess to start out, and we, Joe and I were talking before the uh, the show, and we were looking at the different videos you've done and the all the different. Uh, oh my goodness! I mean, you, you you've touched on so many topics, but so, so we we were thinking, you know, where do we start? So how about this? Here we are. Uh, less than a month into the Trump administration, where the country, I believe, suffered a cultural, moral, and spiritual whiplash, which is the reason that we're seeing things that we're seeing right now, because of the trajectory that we were on, and suddenly now we're that's being changed, and people can't handle that. Um, I, I guess I said all of that just to, just to ask you this: Where would you like to start? Uh, we're dealing with a big elephant here, and there are many chunks to this elephant. But what do you feel is the place to start tonight in your inaugural appearance here with us? Well, Trump was recently inaugurated, so let's not start with him. Okay. Um, I Actually, I have my own um, name for him. I call him Tyrannosaurus Rump, T-Rump for short. Oh. And if you can picture him as such a thing, I mean, he has that burly uh, torso. He has um, his, you know, he's very pompous, I'm sorry to say. So I actually contributed a chapter to a book um, about Trump, which will come out soon. So hopefully you might have... Um, some information about that book to present to your listeners, but uh, I was a contributing author, and I wrote a chapter uh, about this character, Tyrannosaurus Rump, T-Rump for short. So okay. it was... Well, we're going to save that. Okay. Yes, we're we'll save, save it. That. It was tongue-in-cheek. But what I want to say is that, you know, there's a whole technocratic movement at hand. We are seeing... Science being invited to solve the world's problems. Science and corporatocracy. So you get a technological um, platform mixed with corporations. And really what is guiding and leading everything is this fictitious entity. It's a whole set of dead... um, dead rules and regulations. And so we are being pulled, you could say cleaved, away from our true nature, which is living nature. And we are already, we have been made to interact with each other and through every imaginable angle and bit of our lives. We've been made to interact through 
commerce and contracts. We're constantly signing away our power. We don't understand that we've done this. We don't read fine print. The real nature of our interactions with these dead fictions called corporations, which are the banks to the hospitals to the schools to every single thing you could imagine, is incorporated. And we don't understand how we really interact with that. We interact with it through our own dead self, which is our straw man. So this is a dead world. It's not a living world. Interesting. All right. Well, okay, that's the backdrop, and, and I suppose that's the, what would you call that? That's the environment in which we have been thrust into and we've been existing within this within this framework of, uh, well, deception. I, I, get, I get all of that. So technocracy, Patrick Wood talks about that, of course, has written about that. We've had him on our show. Uh, the, and there's uh, so many, there's so many, Angles and, and areas of this yeah. technocracy, from the control that we allow it to exert over us with our mobile devices and our computers, the internet, the TV, the media—all these are all double-edged swords. We see the the use of, uh, in good ways, you know, information sharing and uh, being able to help each other. But then we see the the evil ways, which is the primary uh, usage for these things. And we're coming to a point where we will be enslaved by technology. We will not be able to operate outside of the technological world, and that's what these people want for total control. And it's a very dangerous situation. We're on the, we're right on the cusp of that, uh, you know, next innovative, um, uh, product that will, you know, uh, continue to move everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, well, what do you see then, uh, uh, as the, really a starting point for discussion? What do you see as really kind of the, uh, the foundation for where we're at, or where would you like to start? Well, we're, we've started. We've really started. So let's just keep talking. So what okay. I'd like to add to um, what was just said is that we are being made to fall in love with and become dependent on different technologies. And this is being done through... The harnessing of our own biology without our understanding it. So a more advanced level of that is the real integration of technology into our biology such that synthetic biology becomes a part of us. And then when we have consented to, now this is by contract, they always solicit our consent. So this business of, do you want to chip in you so that, you know, you can, you don't have to use Google. You can just think of something and the answer will be there. It will be the Google chip. Would you like that? And people will say, yes, I would love that. And so by our consent, as technological innovation is implanted in us and becomes part of our biology, then guess what? Now we become owned. It's the same as the Monsanto hybrid seeds floating on the wind, infecting, you could say, the um, natural farmer's crops such that he's then pursued through litigation and he is told, well, why, why are your crops hybridized with ours and you're not paying us a license every year? Well, I couldn't help it. This, could, this is not beyond my control. The wind brought your seeds over. This was Percy Schmeiser, the famous case 
of the farmer um, in -hmm. Canada, I believe. And he lost. And the thing is this, once we have, whether it's by our consent or it's by absorption through the GMOs, through vaccines, through whatever means, there are environmental environmentally uh, delivered particles that are synthetic um, from chemtrails, from aerosol spraying. But as we start integrating this, because our biology is adaptive, our biology is always going, what? What's this? Oh, well, I guess if I can't eject and reject it, I'm going to have to deal with it and work with it, work around it. So as that material is integrated into us, we then become somebody else's property because we have um, we have got their stuff in us, and we can't explain how it got there. Who's okay? Who's behind this? I, I mean, I, and I understand. Um, I understand the larger picture here. You know, it's 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 the 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 in what what we term here as the Luciferian elite, the uh, globalists, the, the the people who want to take over, take 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 over the world basically and are doing so but okay so so what we're seeing is a full complete all-out assault against us against humanity right it's a creeping takeover it's creeping you can call it an assault but there are plenty of people still surviving and walking around and they are being debilitated but they don't understand why. They're not educated enough to know why and how they are degenerating. For instance, we're not dying any longer from microbial disease. Why is that? It's because of hygiene. It's not because of the wonders of modern medicine. It's because they piped running water into our houses. We have glass windows. Sunlight is a natural disinfectant. And so the microbial world that we were constantly competing with that was giving us, you know, um, tuberculosis and coughs and and just bad health, periodic weakness in general, we have conquered through improvements in hygiene and sanitation. You know, the fact that people actually take off their underwear on a daily basis and wash it, cotton washable underwear is one of the three things, along with uh, running water and... Uh, glass windows and houses. That's really what's improved our lives. But to go back to this idea of creeping takeover, we are degenerating, and that is not because of germs. This is another big hoodwink that they've pulled on us. They've told us that germs are killing us, and today germs are not killing us. We've got way too much sanitation, at least not in the Western world. So what is killing us? It's the chemical contamination. We each carry about a 100,000 traces and residues of man-made chemical compounds in our bodies. It's that, and it's this constant irradiation, which people are now addicted to in the form of their computers and their iPads and their phones. Interesting. It, 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 you're exactly right. Okay, constant irradiation. Though, though, and you can't really escape that, can you? Um, with the the Wi-Fi stuff, the uh, 
stuff going through the air that we you can't see in terms of um, uh, the electronic stuff. Uh, I don't even know the terms for it, but but I think you yeah okay. Wireless uh, frequencies. You know what? You actually can avoid a lot of the damage, and I'll tell you how. When you are moving, if you're walking downtown and there's tons of these little antennas perched on lampposts and you'll often find buildings with cell masts on them. They're a few feet high. A lot of landlords, you know, churches are famous for this. They will put tons of cell antennas and masts in their belfries and on their roofs. And uh, so are lots of apartment buildings. Landlords make a fortune if they put different antennas. Now, remember, all the different carriers, they each have to have their antenna on the building. So there's a there's this is all commerce, commerce and contracts, right? So anyway, if you're walking around, the wireless radiation cannot harm you as much as if you're sitting still. It's just like if you're a moving target for a sniper. So there's that. There's also shielding methodology. You can choose, for instance, to keep your own phone in your pocket or purse on airplane mode, airplane setting. Then it's not constantly burping and pulsing, looking for the nearest tower. It's having the thing on, and when it's transmitting and receiving. See, what has happened is, in the old days, in the days of radio, we had radio stations, right? We had FDR. He was giving us his fireside chats, and people would cluster around the radio and listen. And they would also listen to dramas aired on radio. But we were all owners and operators of the receivers. And the farther you were from where the signal was being emitted, the safer you were. The signal actually thins out and weakens. So people who had the receivers were not on the injury end of the signal. People who lived near radio um, stations were in much greater danger. There's been evidence of cancer clusters wherever there was a powerful um, radio station with its broadcasting antenna or antennas. And so today, with our phones and our iPads and our laptops and whatever else, I mean, there's now wireless everywhere. Our cars have it. It's in the tires. They're they're communicating. The brakes are communicating to the car, and they're going to have these self-driving cars, you know, that's all going to be wireless and remote. The robot world has to be wireless because you cannot have wires. You can't have robots falling over their wires. So this whole wireless explosion can be guarded against, but you have to make a conscious choice. And you have to say, okay, I can still have a wired computer in my house. I can still have wired mouse and wired this and that. But the thing is, the cool, the, the trend is not to be wired. And they started this years and years ago. It's a behavior modification thing, right? I mean, that's basically. And this is just the, uh, you know, some of the, the the soft softer parts of the harmful effects of what we see. They've actually been able to weaponize <clears throat> uh, electromagnetic frequencies. They have microwave guns where they can blast a frequency that can melt your internal organs from miles away. And this is just some of the things that we know that they have been able to do with technology, but. You know, just the, the soft kill stuff that you're talking about is dangerous enough. 
And you say, and uh, ma'am, you, you say, I believe you said it correctly. It's incremental. I think it's conditioning. Uh, obviously, the incremental nature of this is for the con- for conditioning purposes, but uh, also for ultimate control. And it's uh, an acceptance, conditioning, acceptance, and control. So uh, it's it's amazing how you just laid this out there. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, we are adaptable. So not everybody's going to keel over from, let's just take a very garden variety example. Bad air, L.A., smog, right? L.A. smog. We knew about this decades ago. But not people aren't falling over and dying from smog in L.A. Tell me one person who's died from chemtrails. Tell me. I don't know anyone. I know people who've gotten sick. I know people who've developed all kinds of issues, Morgellons syndrome, to respiratory issues, to whatever. There's a huge, vast range of ill effects from aerosol spraying. But it's not like the population is falling down and dying from this. So what's happening over the generations? People are acclimating. And they want a frequency-responsive population. This is the this is the kernel, this is the core of Humanity 2.0. They are moving us from Homo sapien into this thing that they call Homo evolutus. And Homo evolutus is the evolved human being, the human being that is integrated with technological that is technologically refined, you could say, that's capable of more and better because technology has surpassed biology. So that's where we're going. And it's so creeping that you and I might be upset by this and we don't want our kids to be sailing into it without understanding what they're, what, the, what's happening to them. But as, as we leap generations, and this is literally like leapfrog, down the road, the newer generations, this is not going to phase them. Yeah, this is so interesting. Uh, so, Sophia, we're about a minute out to break. Um, you're, I, I want to say this because you were mentioning chemtrails. Your website, aboutthesky.com, it, it caught my attention for one reason, for one picture. And, and that's, folks, if you, if you just go to aboutthesky.com, I'm not even going to tell you what the picture is. It's the first one, really, on the page. Okay, it, it just caught my... It's the first uh, one within the body on the page. It caught my attention because it's, to me, that spoke directly to me about, really, what what this is all about. You, you, you know what I'm referring to, right, Sophia? Yeah, that's my own hack job. There was okay. a mural, and I simply added a certain element to the mural. So, yeah, your listeners can go and right there on the home page. Thank you. It, you know, it, it just, it, because we've, we've spoken about chemtrails to other guests and, and, you know, when you, when you, when you mention, uh, the chemtrails to your family, your friends, people who are not aware of really what the, the geoengineering aspect of things, um, they look at you like you've got two heads, you know, and they think, oh man, you're just so far out to lunch. It's, you're never coming back. And, you know, how can, at the same time, the, 
you know, the U.S. government, the Chinese government, <laughs> yeah. the Vatican all release stories on how they've been cloud seeding and geoengineering by spraying aerosol, aluminum, and other chemicals into the air on one side of their mouth with the other side telling you, you're crazy. And, <laughs> you and, 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 uh, and uh, Miss uh, Smallstorm, i got to tell you this, as an investigator for the past 30 years, chemtrails is probably the, the one of the, hard, the most difficult issues for me to really accept. And... Uh, Yet it's so blatant, so flagrant, and there's ample proof to show geoengineering is is, uh, taking place. And and your site about thesky.com, that website there really drives the point home. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Our very special guest, Sophia Smallstorm. Her website, just the website about thesky.com, but check her out on YouTube as well. A robust, very robust uh, um, appearances on, on YouTube. Uh, and very educated, very knowledgeable. We're lucky to have her. Sarah, where are you at? Give us three minutes. We'll be right back. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Uh, folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com. Masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High quality items, made in America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? From all of us at Training Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. We're here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy New Year! This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. 
That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. Hagman and Hagman Report. So, so blessed to have with us a very special guest, Sophia Smallstorm. Her website, aboutthesky.com. Go there. Take a look at the, uh, the one image that, uh, she, uh, she put up there. It, it, it sends a message, and, and I believe, well, it, just from my investigative point of view, it got my attention. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's pretty compelling. Um, before we get back to Sophia, and I, and I want to thank her for uh, her gift of time tonight. But, uh, folks, if you haven't taken advantage of Green Innovative's 14% off the entire purchase yet uh, for the month of February, do so. Do so. Greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Let me let me tell you something. In a in, in a situation where you need power and you don't have it, you look for batteries, for example, and for that flashlight or whatever. You know, a good. So, so oftentimes, that your batteries that you have on your shelf are. are dead, perhaps long since dead, throwaway batteries will go dead either on the shelf or during, during use. You need rechargeable batteries. Well, when you have rechargeable batteries, you need power to recharge them. But if you don't have power to recharge them or if you can't operate a hand crank or if you don't have sun, what are you going to do? I We have the solution. Greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Just go to hagmanreport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. There you can find the GMAG power cell. It weighs only 8 ounces. It makes power simply by adding salt and water to the unit. It is EMP safe. It's got an indefinite shelf life. It can charge an unlimited number of batteries. And it is made in the USA. When natural or man-made disaster strikes and you need power, all you do is just add water. Now, for the month of February, 14% off. Get that, 14, February 14th, Valentine's Day. You know, get that. Yeah, I, I know you did. But off, off of your entire purchase at greenovative.com, had to twist the arm of owner Alan Riggs, but he said, okay, okay, put the rubber hose down. Uh, we'll, we'll give the listeners a break. 14%. Seriously, it's a great offer, really. So take advantage of it between now and the, um, the end of February. And by the way, I, I understand that the units are flying off the shelves at that 14% discount. So make your move soon. Greenovative.com, greenovative.com. That is greenovative.com. Oh, you got to enter the, just enter the coupon code Hagman for that offer. They'll do the rest. Coupon code Hagman. They'll do the rest. Our guest now and until the end of the program is Sophia Smallstorm. And her website is aboutthesky.com. Go there, bookmark the site, and check out uh, all the different stories that she's got up there uh, covering so many topics. Then we're talking about a lot of those topics tonight. All right, Sophia, before the break, we were talking about the, the geoengineering. The And you mentioned something I want to go back on, um, the Monsanto. And you referenced the case of um, the cross-pollination of other farmers being polluted by Monsanto products and then losing cases in court over the crops being owned by Monsanto, even though the farmers owned them. One of the things about the Trump administration that have a lot of people scratching their head is his um, warming up to Monsanto. 
and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. And I know you talked about wanting to get into the Trump stuff later, so we can do that. But any thoughts on, on what we've seen from this administration with, with Monsanto? I actually don't know how or what you're actually talking about, how he is warming up to them. But I've seen him warm up to some other issues that he swore he would be walking away from. So all I can say is all these people, I say it, you know, they play ball with the big guys, but I spell it B-A-A-L. This is unavoidable. If you want to get to high office in this culture, and this is dynastic, it doesn't just pertain to the Western world in the 19th, 20th, and 21st centuries. This goes back centuries, thousands of years, you have to play ball, B-A-A-L. And that's what he does. It's, it's just inevitable. You can't get around it. How could he be where he is? True. Very true. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you're right. And, and time will tell on this as well. But, okay, let's get back to the uh, uh, what you were talking about with respect to uh, chemtrails and geoengineering, or however you would like to be, because we've got some time here, and we really want to pick your brain about a lot of things. I mean, you you cover, and and folks, uh, uh, Sophia covers everything from 9-11 to Sandy Hook to chemtrails to, I mean, uh, to, to what? Vaccines, I mean, you know, and all of this seems to be interrelated. So go ahead and and, and take us in, in, down the path you'd like to take us uh, at your pace and at your at your leisure. Okay, so I want to get into the topic of biological darkness. This mm. was a new term for me. I just stumbled across it a few weeks ago. I was watching an interview between Dr. Mercola and... Alexander Wunsch, W-U-N-S-C-H. He's German, and he is a photobiologist. Now, I didn't even know much about photobiology, but as you can imagine, it's the study of light interacting on and with biology, right? So what happens when we see real light, when the sun rises every day, we actually begin to make vitamin D. We, the light, the light infuses our body. The photonic reaction in, upon our tissues causes all kinds of biological, um, processes to begin. So I want to tell you a scary thing. If you live north of Atlanta, Georgia, or that latitude, in the world. You're not going to be able to make vitamin D from sunlight between November and February. This is why everybody runs off to the Caribbean um, for winter vacations, particularly spring break. They've just got to pile up that vitamin D. They've got to kickstart their biology because it's been dormant for so long. So light No wonder ancient people worship the sun. The sun is life-giving. Its light is golden. Its light is cleansing. It's Remember I said a little while ago, it's a natural disinfectant. Sunlight is antiseptic. Sunlight 
kickstarts all kinds of stuff in your body, including the production of vitamin D, which is a critical hormone that affects 3,000 genes and causes all these different biological processes to to occur. So when, here's an example that's very common to our lives. People who wake up before the sun rises and they hustle and bustle in their house, get into their car or a train, and they make their way to a city, an office building. They sit in artificial light all day, and then they get out after the sun is going down, and they never see or experience real daylight. So what happens to them? They live in biological darkness. Even though the lights are on in their offices, this is not real light. Real light, full-spectrum light, has to be delivered with thermal energy. Firelight does that. The fire gives you heat. So if you get light without its heat component, your biological processes do not take place, and you start deteriorating. And so what do chemtrails do? Chemtrails create the famous white haze. Chemtrails actually were the whole proof of particulates causing um, a cloud layer came from Hebrew University, Daniel Rosenfeld, the atmospheric scientist. There was a headline at the time that said, Pollution Stops Rain. This hit the newspapers in that way. Pollution Stops Rain. And what Rosenfeld discovered was that cities, remember I talked about L.A. with its smog, cities that were clouded with particulate from pollution actually had less rainfall than they were meant to because the little particles of pollution would absorb the atmospheric moisture above the city and create a haze, a particulate haze, that was small and stable because of the size of the particulates. So how is a raindrop made in nature? A raindrop is made because salt particles or dust particles in the atmosphere, which have an affinity for moisture, will draw moisture to them. And so they become what's called a condensation nucleus. There's condensation around a nucleus. Nucleus would be the dust or salt particle. And as more and more water is drawn to that little drop, it gets bigger and bigger. And eventually, when it's so big that it becomes unstable, it falls to the earth as rain. So they discovered that if there were small enough particulates up there, they would not fall. And this is where we get the whole spraying program, that they could spray materials that had a love for water, that were hydrophilic, these metallic salts, aluminum oxide, barium oxide, titanium oxide, and they would draw to them atmospheric moisture, and they would create the famous white haze. So what does that white haze do? It's a filter. It, what does it filter? It filters the golden sun. It changes the frequency and the quality of the sun's antiseptic, life-giving, warm light to a cold, 
instead of golden, silver, instead of antiseptic, septic, mold-promoting filter. And what happens underneath that? We degenerate. We don't make vitamin D. We start falling apart. Was this done initially for that nefarious purpose, or did this have an altruistic purpose? Perhaps, I don't know, maybe, um, we'll, we'll pick an altruistic purpose, but, but, uh, and, oops, suddenly we realize that, uh, the collateral damage that it's causing. I honestly think that there was nothing favorable about this, that the program on its face is about weather modification, but it has so many other legs that it's horrifying. And, and, and by the way, folks, if you, if you go to about, uh, aboutthesky.com, You'll learn all about this, but and if you spend any time listening to our guest Sophia Smallstorm, you'll learn about this. But again, this took me a long time to really wrap my head around. When did this? About when did this start in earnest, or or when did this start for for the new people who are perhaps like like me, you know, years ago trying to wrap their head around this? When did this start? And, and, and by what entity, group? Well, they were playing around with um, rainmaking in the 50s and 60s. They were using silver iodide. And um, remember in Forrest Gump, the part where he says, and then it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. Well, that was, I think it was called uh, Operation Popeye in they used cloud seeding to cause torrents of rain in Vietnam to turn all the roads to mud. So this weather warfare was part of the agenda. And the Army has a document owning the weather in 2025, which, by the way, isn't that far off now. But I remember as a child looking up at the evening sky and seeing this thing called a mare's tail. Have you, do you have any memory of that? It literally looks like a horse's tail and it's a very high, um, just a gorgeous, like feather-like huge streak of cloud in the sky. It's made of, of tiny ice particles and it's a cirrus cloud, but it only used to show up in the evening. But what they've done now is they've created artificial cirrus and it occurs much lower. All this wispy, streaky, feathery stuff you see. This is an imitation cirrus, and its prevalence has increased literally every few years since, I would say, since about 9-11. It really got, 1998, people started to notice it, but it started to really, they laid it on after 9-11. Interesting. And yes, I, I'm familiar with what you're talking about, and... Um you know, I remember different skies when I was younger. At least that's my memory. You know, as faulty as it might be, but I don't. I don't think so. Um, different skies than today, and certainly interesting. Uh, kicking it off uh, in earnest after nine eleven. Um, so, so what you're saying is there, there, or 
I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, multiple agendas at play here, 9-11 and beyond, right? Yeah, I think that the whole 9-11 event made the public more frightened and docile. And it could be that that was the marker of this new era of programs. I don't know. But certainly, you know, I woke up around the time of 9-11 to the presence of, for instance, chemtrails. I had this dim... Somebody I knew in LA mentioned that she wasn't, she didn't do well when they sprayed. I said, sprayed? What, what, spray what? She said, the chemtrails. And I didn't know what she was talking about, but as she tried to describe it, I saw in my mind what I had seen already in the sky. And then I was very excited. I wanted to find the, when are they going to do this? And typically in the Western United States, there's a, Layoff. They don't spray quite as much in the summer because they just don't have as much atmospheric moisture. So where there's tremendous moisture content in the air, for instance, the south, the uh, east coast, uh, midwest even, and we have to remember that, you know, what releases moisture upward? What releases moisture upward is forests and ocean to some extent, but much more from vegetation. So when you live in a place where there's a lot of vegetation, you tend to get more natural overcast because the clouds form out of that water, as I described earlier. But I have been um, alerted to the work of Weather War 101, and he posits that this plethora of cooling towers from power plants is pumping millions if not billions of gallons of steam into the atmosphere, which is being used to form the artificial clouds. Now, very few people pay attention to this particular research, but I think he's on to something. Weather War 101. Go to his website, and you will. he's got loads of videos on YouTube. Every time there's a flooding, what they're doing is they're deliberately moving water around. They're moving water from one place to another place, and then they're destabilizing it um, through Nexrad and Doppler pulsing, and they get it to fall as flooding rain. And that's how they cause, you could say, just simply population havoc in the population. I mean, look at the damage done. Look at the damage done from tornadoes and floods, this is the, they're making extreme weather and they're blaming it on climate change. Gee. Yeah, I was going to say, gee, let me, let me have a stab at that one. Um, anyway, you mentioned yeah. climate change. There's been, um, new information that's come out about weather manipulation data, how NOAA has been cooking the books trying to make it appear as though we went through a, a very high warming phase and then, you know, some kind of, uh, warming pause. But it all came out uh, just in the last few weeks that the global warming scientists from NOAA yeah, made the numbers sure up. Pay, people are paying attention, though. No, I mean, uh, I guess it, it's, you know, one of those retractions or admissions that they put in the back of the, the newspapers, if at all, or mentioned on the news sites. But, you know, all this push for, for man-made climate change, needing to shut down the coal plants and uh, all this emissions that need to be taxed, all that was based on manipulated lying data. Yeah. And, and that has to sink in for people. 
because it was our government, not just some UN scientists. Well, you very eloquently laid this out. I, I have to commend you for that because, again, if if I if I was going to, and we, we you know, folks, we have to think about people just tuning into this program for the first time, perhaps, and think about where they're at, you know, mentally with respect to the subject that we talk about. It's uh, just because you you might have a PhD in uh, you know the the real con- conspiracies doesn't mean that uh, another listener might not. So. But, but, okay, go ahead and continue. This is fascinating as you're laying everything out. This is great. Well, I'm not sure what I should, what lily pad I should jump to next. <laughs> but well, um, we were talking about, okay, let's just take a break and go to our favorite discussion topic, which is why can't people see this, right? Yes, yes, yes. So Please. I have walked around in San Diego and I have, one day I went into a store to buy something, groceries, and I came out, and there was a blue sky above me. I came out, and now the sky has lines in it. So what do I do? Very dramatically, I stand in the parking lot, and I look up, and I'm acting this out. I'm really acting out, oh me, oh my, look at the sky. Does anyone else look up? No. So that experiment failed. So then when I'm walking on the beach one day, I see, you know, the chemtrails and I see them spreading. And there's one particular formation called knots on a rope. So you have the this line in the sky and then you have these bubbles, these bulges that are very evenly spaced coming off it, right? So They're like pulses, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've seen that, yes. Okay, so that's called knots on a rope. So I am walking on the beach, and I look up, and there's not just one knots on a rope, but there are other ones that are slightly older, a few, let's call it an hour older. So I say to this person, do you see that? And he says, yes. And I say, well, what do you think that is? Oh, a plane went by. I said, okay, now look at that. And I point to an older knots on a rope that has morphed and is now gunky and streaky. I said, what's that? He says, mm, I don't know, a, a cloud? I said, no, that's not a cloud. That's the same thing as this thing I just asked you about. A plane went by there also, and now it has made a cloud. And he says, what? And I said, that's what is happening. Everything above you today is actually clouds created by planes. What do you think of this? And now this is beyond his comprehension. He can't, he doesn't have the alphabet to deal with this. And he wants to get away from me. Normalcy bias in action, I suppose that, um, yeah. And, and we've experienced the same thing here. And even when we talk about it, um, there's there's a nat- natural pushback by even some some people who listen to this program and and by people who just don't don't quite understand this. Um, one of the questions I have, and, and maybe this is not the right time to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And, and you feel free to answer it any time. But w- wouldn't your local meteorologists? The people who stand in front of the green screens and say, hey, it's raining here, it's 85 here, and you know how we used to have, uh, they used to put little, little uh, 
suns with the clouds and you know on on those old boards now that it's all green screen but wouldn't they know about this wouldn't the people reporting on the weather know about this they do but they're under contract this is the thing this is where the commerce and contracts comes in they have to talk about what they're supposed to talk about and if any of them try to get into chemtrails or stuff that isn't part of the script then they're fired or they're harmed some other way they're, it's all shot down you're exactly right and it's uh, this is is policy that's across the board you know that we see how these people on on the cable news networks the pundits and talk show hosts make how many millions of dollars each a year these people are paid to avoid certain topics they're paid to say what they're told to read what is written for them and you're exactly right if they get out of line they will be fired they will be they could be sued uh, and they won't find a job in the in the area again it's become a, a, a gatekeepers of information they are paid not to tell the truth not to report the facts they are paid to report what is uh, convenient or what is is needed to be reported by the people and places of power above them and if they step out of line then then they lose their job and they'll find some other dupe to pay to to uh, spit their lines and, and you know with one minute to go before the break and then, by the way uh, Sophia small storm is our guest about the sky.com it's her website very prolific all across the uh, YouTube uh, video internet uh, I just uh, I, I want to kind of ask this question how how high up does this go for example d- does a new president incoming president is he does he know about this or she know about this or well then he know about this um, or is this above his uh, clearance you know and and, and I, I guess we you know where's the funding come from and uh, then also too I'd like to get into the fact that uh, you've done some marvelous work with respect to the frequency frequencies affecting the, the chemtrails which you referenced earlier but uh, all of this again with our guest Sophia Smallstorm and her website about the sky.com much more to come right after this give us three minutes folks we're going to be right back Sophia thank you so much for your gracious gift of time and we're so glad to have you passing out this information absolutely and folks who may have joined us late in the first hour we had Steve Quayle along with Ross Powell from Survival 401k. So if you did miss that interview, be sure to check that out after our show or whenever you get a chance. We'll be right back with Sophia after these short messages. Stay with us. thriller predicts the future. In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. 
In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high net worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. here in northwest Pennsylvania, where we lack vitamin D, actually. It's very true. Haven't seen the sun in, uh, I don't know, in a long time, that's for sure. Before we get back to our guest, let me ask you, how would you like to have the power of a stove, a cooking stove, in your pantry under 14 pounds? Minutemanstove.com. Minuteman Rocket Stove is the perfect survival cooking stove for you and your family for a number of reasons. It's it's uh, relatively lightweight at 14 pounds. It's got a seal uh, lid, the sealed lid that keeps any odors inside. It burns efficiently with very little timber and thus very little effort. It's uh, it, it's it's a 50 caliber ammo can, refactory insulated. It directs heat where it's supposed to go. You know, you have all this food. Maybe you need to boil water. You need heat. You need a, a cooking appliance of some kind. And, and folks, barbecues aren't going to do it. Open fires won't do it necessarily. And you'll run out of fuel. 
but with a, with a Minuteman rocket stove, you'll never have that problem. Minuteman stove, it's self-contained, seals airtight for travel storage. It is a, again, like I said, a 50 caliber ammo can design, uh, uh, with a rubber seal carrying handle, weighs 14 pounds, travels clean, no smells or soot inside your vehicle or inside your home after use. And those are just some of the features that make Minuteman rocket stove our personal choice for survival cooking. And you know what? Dare I say even camping. A uh, little smoke, if you use uh, the uh, proper wood, there's a little smoke to give away your position or to irritate your eyes. Minute man stoves are made in America, and they're serving with, uh, some are serving with uh, our troops in Af- Iraq and Afghanistan. These are handmade, battle-proven, extremely rugged. Minute man stove, two-year warranty, no hassle. No one to date has taken advantage of that because they don't need to. Minutemanstove.com. They've got a complete line of fire starters as well. Visit Minutemanstove.com. Our guest this hour and for the, till the end of the show is Sophia Smallstorm. Her website is aboutthesky.com. Before the break, we were talking about, uh, geoengineering chemtrails, the, uh, the cognitive disconnection that there, there seems to be between what's going on in real life, what's being observed versus, uh, the lies that are told to cover that up. And we were talking about the gatekeepers keeping, uh, you know, how high does this go? Is, you know, the media, the news keeping it a secret. Um, and, and it's interesting. We live in a world that is, that everything is being manipulated. The, the media is telling us lies. We, we've covered what, you know, in the medical industry. And that, Joe, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but Sophia, our guest, does a great job at breaking that manipulation, explaining that manipulation. Just yeah, I mean, across the from, board. <clears throat> with the chemtrails and, and with the uh, pollutants that are put in the sky, uh, to what's in our water and our food, uh, our health is being compromised in every which way and it's being covered up by the media. And, uh, Sophia, before the break, my dad asked, how high do you think this goes? Are these military programs? Is this something that, uh, is a, you know, executive branch military uh, joint operation? Are there people b- higher than, uh, those elected officials who are calling these shots? What has your research, research shown? Well, I would say that more even than my research, it's my thinking. It goes all the way to the top. And, you know, the fact that we live in this dead world of commerce and contracts, this is how it's made possible. This is how live people can be um, forced to do and say things that they, as Free people might not agree to do, but they're in a job market. They have a particular career track. And part of that is sticking with the program so they can put, ironically, food on their table for their families. They, they want to provide for their loved ones and they will go to all kinds of crazy lengths. They will pretzel, turn themselves inside out, bend themselves backwards to conform to what they're required to do through contract and thereby harm the rest of humanity. And people make excuses for this in their own minds. They think it's okay. You know, <laughs> we, we all do that to some extent, but I, I, in, 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 however, well, maybe that's too much of a sweeping statement. Many people do that to some extent. Um, 
Well, I'm just going to come around and ask you. I mean, would, would is this above, for example, the executive branch of the United States above the president? His knowledge at this point, do you think, or would he would he have to be informed of this? Would he have to know about this? Because I'm looking at the you know, uh, if we got a normal person in office, I mean, a normal everyday kind of guy, um, they wouldn't put up with this crap, would they? Well, presidents are not everyday kinds of guys. They're all rising stars. They have all been groomed. I mean, do you remember this Oprah Winfrey interview that Trump did when he was just basically, you know, the kid almost, talking about he might run for president? So the the planning is pretty incredible. These people, when you hear the term rising star, Obama, when he was campaigning, was referred to by the press as a rising star. And you will hear it over and over and over. And if you Google people who are super lawyers and super doctors, these are people in their professions who are singled out for extraordinary mastery. Okay, They are referred to as rising stars as well. So the term rising star is not just, you know, something complimentary. The term rising star means this person has been singled out and is being groomed and pushed, shoved up the ladder of contracts to higher and higher levels of responsibility where they get more and more compromised to the point that they are so trapped and they're so, quote-unquote, experienced and so bound that there's no escape. You know, I, I think I I think I heard one of your many interviews. Um, maybe it was with SGT or something talking about the... Uh, uh, at least I'd, tangentially talking about this very subject, about the, uh, about the people in charge and about the different... Societies, for example, secret societies, and the so so okay, uh, good answer, I guess. That's um, not not unexpected, and, and you're right. There there is no normal person at that level. I, I suppose is the best way to say it. Well, we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, jump on another lily pad, or or just progress down that stream because this is really fascinating stuff. And I don't want to, we don't want to inhibit you. We, we, we were talking before the show that. You've got so much, uh, so much information. Um, you know, it, it's just it's it, it's amazing. So we we don't want to inhibit you necessarily by uh, by us ask, asking specific questions that would take you backwards. So, all right, here we are. Um, wow. Well, we are having a discussion, and you're very laid back, very easy to converse with in this way. So I'm grateful for that, and I hope that I don't sound too shrill or or, yeah. So, you know, you mentioned just now secret societies. Yes. Well, in my, um, my, you could call it research. It's not, you know, what I do isn't exactly formal research. I, I, when I hear the word research, I picture somebody in a white coat in a lab. So I am just somebody who's poking around, as many of us are. And the more you poke around and the more you accrue information and then you start putting it together, you have to, you have to use what I call spatial thinking. You have to be able to hold large amounts of material data in your head 
and then you'll start seeing how it fits. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. When you open up the box, everything looks the same. How are you going to put this thing together? And then you find one thing. They always tell you start with a corner or the side, right? And you start filling it in. So that's how research is, the kind of research we do in our community. But so I was poking around and, you know, absorbing data, and I came across this word, this term, sacred societies. And I said, oh, wow, I think that's the real term. They have conveniently let us mumble about secret societies, but theirs are really sacred societies because they make sacred decisions that are orders that cannot be sidestepped. Once they decide such and such is going to happen, you have to do it because they will take your life or your wealth or your freedom if you don't. And so this this notion of sacred also comes from their Luciferian um, depths, okay, that context. They are sacred societies to themselves. That's how powerful they are. And, and to me, that's a, that, that is a distinction with a notable difference. Um, and, I, and I'm glad you brought this up because we do, we have done investigative probes into, well, what you termed uh, sacred societies, obviously. And uh, have others, we've had others on this program talking about the same, the same topics. And it's, it's a very elusive, don't you find this, uh, at least in our view, it's, it's, it's somewhat elusive because we know, we know of the existence, for example, of these, and I'll use your term, uh, phrase, uh, the sacred societies, which I believe is much more accurate than secret societies. Um, however, it, it seems as if it's always nebulous when we speak about this. Oh, there's the same people, the same societies, the same groups, but to pin it down. Do you find difficulty in pin, pinning down these individuals, these groups? These well, we might we might be able to pin down the groups, but individuals behind the groups. Um, but it all does go back, as you as you mentioned, this Luciferian elite. But to identify the Luciferian elite sometimes is a little bit rough. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, what have you found? Well, I'm going to carry over something that I said that we were talking about a little while ago with respect to biological darkness, and then I'll get into this how this sacred society thing proliferates. So. Um, Remember that the sun is golden and life-giving and warm and antiseptic. So what is nighttime and the moonlight? Moonlight is distinctly different from sunlight. It feels cold, it's silver, it promotes sepsis, putrefaction, and degeneration. And that has to do with actually the whole um, trophic chain, which I can get into in a little bit. But nighttime is necessary. It's necessary to the whole life cycle because nighttime is when things, um, things die and break down, right? Nighttime is cold. 
and nighttime is the time of sepsis. It's the time of putrefaction. It enables all the little creepy crawlies in the absence of sun because they don't do well. Bacteria don't do well in sun, nor do fungi and molds. So nighttime is when things are broken down and turned into nutrients for the daytime, for things that blossom and bloom and grow in the day. But Luciferianism, think about these sacred society people. What do they do? They dress in black with hoods. They have nighttime rituals. They dance around under the moon. These are worshippers of sepsis. They're worshippers of this other light. Their divine light is the killing light. Right? Makes sense to me. Yeah, that's true. So now, let's get into the sacred or secret societies. Drive through town, any town. You will see the Elks Lodge, the Kiwanis, the, um, you know, all kinds of these Moose Lodge, they're everywhere. And you'll even see Masonic temples, Masonic lodges. And we think that this is just... I thought it was activities for retired people or business people, and yet we know, you and I know, what those are really conduits into, right? Yes, absolutely. So these clubs are all part of what I call the club. And on the Mm. ground level, they are composed of people in town, people on your city council, in your police department, Lawyers, judges, business people, right? Right. And yet as you progress into the club or the lodge and you get to those closed doors, in order to become members of these fraternal orders, which is what they are, you actually have to go through some kind of um, quasi-biblical ritual with a priest and a Bible and you have to take oaths that you're going to, that you are, you know, you have to be a quote-unquote good moral character according to them and then you take this oath and you have to not ever discuss what goes on behind the closed doors of the club or the lodge with people who are not members but somebody explained to me recently and this really encapsulated it for me so that I understood it that they recruit dupes d-u-p-e-s dupes and then adepts so let's let's talk about heavy metal bands, right? Okay. They all the kids who form heavy metal bands, they start in their garage, they like the satanic um artwork, they might have a pentagram on their drum kit and they wear the satanic t shirts and black jeans and whatnot. And they consider themselves into Satanism and worship of darkness. They don't know what it is. And as they do more and more of this, they are invited perhaps to do a satanic ritual, a ceremony with Satanists who find them, who come across them. And so they do the ritual and it's a mock ceremony. It's a mock ritual. They might mangle a doll they have candles, they chant, they play a lot of weird music and stomp around, and they think it's very exciting. 
Yep. But there will be a few of them who display an increased level of interest, and those will be the beginning adepts. They will be noticed by the people who have invited everyone to the ritual, and they will be drawn into a higher level ceremony, and yet a higher one and a higher one. And now you're going to get into um, animals being sacrificed, blood being drunk, more intense and dark stuff. And this is how the adepts are are culled, are pulled from the dupes. But the dupes have to be there because the dupes will say to the world, there's nothing. We don't do anything. It's, there's nothing to Satanism. There's nothing to this club, this lodge. We just play bingo. That's it. That's right. That's exactly right. Yes, and um, you know we, we've spoken at length, and, and I've we've worked with Russ Dizdar, for example, uh, who, whom you may or may not know, but but uh, investigating satanic crimes, and, and you know this this is an issue. To my surprise, thirty years as an investigator, the FBI, the Department of Justice, they don't recognize or keep track of, um, at least through five years ago, uh, satanic ritual abuse crimes. Or they don't. They, they, at least there's nothing central about that. Um, and and in fact, their behavioral units at Quantico, for example, will will say now, it's overblown. It's over. It's it's overstated, and um, reduce any anything like this merely as dabblers. And of course, Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, they didn't tell the whole story there, and and others. So you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I know I kind of went went all over the place there with that with with that but but no i think you explained this very well and uh the which by the way and i want to mention this before i while i'm on a a rather uh interesting uh route here with you uh i I want to mention too you know the what is known as pizzagate pedogate the pedophilia the human trafficking the child sacrificing the fact that everyone says oh that's just a that's just a hoax or that's conspiracy nonsense no it's not no it's not and it's all connected to pretty much what you're, what you're talking about or connected it has its roots or connections to what you're talking about i know i, I covered a lot of ground there but uh gives us some fodder for additional discussion right and again this business of the club now In the FBI, you've got levels of authority, right? And I know somebody in law enforcement who has said to me more than once that there are all kinds of people in law enforcement who are outraged by, for instance, the child trafficking and the pedophilia, who are who are wanting to investigate this, to tackle it, but it's shut down from above. They cannot do anything. Because the club is doing it. The club is running this. They're not going to investigate themselves. So that's where this whole thing is inside out. We've just got club members, these various fraternal orders that go higher and higher from dupe level to adept. And when you get into super adept, you've got people on that level governing us and running our society. So they're not going to 
they're they're not and this is why um and, and folks uh I was on with Dave Hodges last night on the common sense show and I laid some stuff up um that's that really touches on what we're talking about right now but Sophia th- this is why my particular sources who investigated for example the uh 650,000 emails of of uh that was on the Wiener laptop and the other devices, and, and I must stress that. Uh, the investigation is not coming from the FBI. It's coming from the lower-tiered field officers, and the push is, is, is there is from them to, to say, wait a minute, there's a whole... And, I'll just add this, a recent arrest... Um, was yeah was uh, I'm not going to name the name, but uh, it's a very popular name. A recent arrest was because of that very uh, the initiative. But having said all of that, you're, no, you're exactly right. So it's compartmentalized and yeah, protected as well. So that's you're you're 100 accurate. So the question that I would ask is, how do these people get to the top? Right? I mean, how is it that are the people we we look up to, the people we allow to rule us, are this, well, bad, for lack of a better word? How is that? What happened? Who fell asleep at the wheel, right? Yeah. Do you have an answer to that? I mean, because my answer to that would be bribery and compromise. They're either the people that are running the show, at least running the obvious show, are either being bribed or they have been compromised to such an extent they can't, you know, they can't do, I mean, they're completely managed. Is that consistent with what you're finding? I have been really, like, doing acrobatics mentally to understand this. And I'm going to bring up just one little piece of it. I can't say I understand it at all because, number one, I don't do this kind of thing. This is not the way I live. So it's very difficult for me to comprehend how these people are put together, right, in the soul. But you know this Bohemian Grove annual ceremony they have, the cremation of care? Are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so all these executives from all these corporations, they convene annually, I think it's in July, at Bohemian Grove in California. And um, just remember that Bohemian Grove consists of dozens of individual private corporate camps. So all these camps have their own um, acreage within the massive acreage of Bohemian Grove, which is very secluded. They have helicopter landing pads. They have their own generators. They have their own staff. They have, they're self-sufficient and tucked away in the woods. So these corporate CEOs and politicians, they all convene at Bohemian Grove for an annual ceremony that you could, that is more, um, Official than what goes on in the individual camps, as I understand it. And this ceremony, cremation of care, is about just that. They are cremating care. 
and they have some effigy and I don't know if it's they really have a human being, but there's a body that looks like it could be fake or real. But anyway, this is one of those lower level um, pseudo ceremonies, and maybe they depart and go into their individual camps and they have much more dark, intense ceremonies afterwards. But at any rate, this whole idea of cremation of care, I suddenly saw it as a pledge, a vow something that is renewed on an annual basis. And remember what I said at the beginning of the show about corporations. They're dead. They're fictions. They're not alive. They're dead. They're not corporeal. They are, they are, you could call it, um, they are a construct, a fake dead construct. So we're looking at life versus death the living versus the dead. And this cremation of care ceremony, if you think of it as a pledging annually to not care, and what have we heard about corporations? Oh, look at Monsanto. Look at the way that they everybody pollutes. All these corporations, Exxon, they haven't even mm-hmm. cleaned up, paid for the Valdez oil spill yet, yet. Sophia, you're hitting on a, a very important uh, topic yeah, here. And we are up against the break when we come back from this last break. We're going to pick up right where you left off with the cremation of care, and not being so much, uh, you know, corporate, a corporate yeah, death, being I mean, a pledge more so than, than anything else. This is fascinating stuff. We'll be right back after these short messages. We're listening to uh, Sophia Smallstorm, her website, aboutthesky.com. Stay with us. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? From all of us at Trading Post in the Woods. We pray you have a healthy, safe, and prosperous 2017. And we would like to thank all of you for welcoming us to the Hagman and Hagman family. You're all a very wonderful and special group of people. Because we believe it is so important for you to work and acquire good health this year, we're going to do something that we've never done before as a thank you to you for your support. We're going to make something available that we believe everyone needs. During the month of January, anyone who invests in their health by purchasing either our American Heritage Remedies Kit, our Survivalist Natural Remedies Kit, or $200 in individual remedies of your choice, we're going to give to you our crisis remedy just in case for free. Your health must be a part of your preparation plan. 
We are here to help you with that journey. May God bless y'all, and may God bless America. Happy New Year! everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. The Hagman, Hagman Report. You know, we're honored to, to have as our guest Sophia Smallstorm, her website about the sky.com. And this is one of those programs where, you know, we often say, um, it's not what we believe that matters, it's what they believe. And, and this is the case where, and I, and I really like what uh, Sophia said about the, you know, it's difficult as a, and I'll use the, the, the term normal person to, to really understand, uh, because we don't think like they do, like these people involved in these, and I'll use her term as well, because I like it, the sacred societies, the elite, we don't think like they do. So it's, sometimes it's difficult to comprehend what we're seeing or what we are hearing. Um, it is. Before we get back to Sophia, I just want to mention that if you if you are a business owner out there, and if you would like to reach the same audiences, sponsors like Omaha Steaks and Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries and all of our sponsors that we have, you have that same opportunity at the Hagman and Hagman Report family for a fraction of the price. Visit HagmanReport.com. In fact, bookmark HagmanReport.com. But check out the opportunities for advertising, becoming a sponsor. Folks, uh, business owners out there, you, you can, your reach will be, uh, well, last year alone, 114 countries on this broadcast, 78 million downloads. Uh, be a part of our family. That's HagmanReport.com. That's our website. Also, while you're there, uh, do subscribe to our YouTube channel, the, the official Hagman and Hagman Report YouTube channel. Our guest is Sophia Smallstrom. Uh, Sophia, thank you so much. And, uh, we've got, uh, we've got this final segment, but you really have, uh, as I was speaking, I had spoken to Alex Jones about, uh, about the cremation of care, about the ceremonies there and about, uh, his infiltration, or I should say their infiltration into, uh, into that venue. And there's much that was not recorded, but, but seen. And, and so, I mean, all of this, you're, you're coming, you're connecting a lot of the dots for people who are perhaps new to these issues. Or, as you said, don't think like, like we do. So go ahead and carry on. Or continue. Well, we were talking about this cremation of care ceremony as a renewal, an annual renewal, an oath or a pledge that they take that enables them and, and allows them to act without any moral um, 
regard for the rest of us. Now, I want to draw attention on my website about the sky.com. I have my blog and my podcast page. Those are the two most active pages. And the blog can be reached by just going to sophiasmallstorm.com. That's a quick way. And remember, Sophia is with an F. So I posted an interview. Now, this is probably a few weeks ago. Um, it, I might repost it in the 2017 blog because I don't know if I had it in 2016. Um, it was a, pa- a Christian evangelical pastor interviewing two Satanists, and this was back in 1989. So the two Satanists were Nicholas Schreck, who started, I don't know, the Werewolf Coven or something, and Zena LeVay, daughter of Anton LeVay, who founded the Church of Satan. And first I was kind of scared, I didn't want to listen to this interview, but then a friend urged me to, because I sent it to him, and he listened to it, he said, it's really fascinating. So these Satanists were unbelievable. They were so clear-thinking and uh, steely and and just completely lucid, matter-of-fact, dry. And here's the pastor saying to them, but don't you want to help people? Don't you want to help people who are sick and dying and, and do the right thing? And they say, no, why should we help people? We have you. You will help them. Christians will help them. You do a much better job than we do. We only want to further our own goals. And they stated in this interview, the goals of Satanism, that would be, that they have no morality. They don't follow any morality. That's what Satanism is about. So they predicted in that interview, this is 1989, that within a few decades, the numbers of Satanists would be just exploding. And what do we have today? We have our world being desecrated and destroyed by these people in power who don't care They have no morality. They have no regard for us. And all I can think is, you know what? They said it, and it's happening. And this is what made me think of this cremation of care thing as a renewal. You connected that very well. And isn't it something? I mean, they've told us what they intend or are doing and intend to do. And they're doing it. We're seeing it. You're right. Wow. Right. And so I'd like to say that we are creatures of our own creativity and our the power of our own intention. And what has happened to us is we've been reduced into creatures of reaction and response. We're sitting here reacting to everything. We're cringing and hunkering down and going, ooh, ow, don't, that hurts, stop the chemtrail, don't vaccinate, stop the GMOs. And this is all we can do. This is all we're doing. We're just whimpering. When there's something in us that's much stronger than that, and yet societally, over the ways that we're indoctrinated and and cultured, this is all shut down. So we don't know how to do what they know how to do. And this is where I want to just, I'm sorry if I 
I'm sidetracking here, but I want to direct people to my other website, which is my store, avatarproducts.com. And I have placed there some very simple things for body remediation. Magnesium and iodine, my two top sellers. And once you start putting the basic minerals back into your body, you change your biology, you change the way you feel, you change your energy and your outlook. And there's no money to be made in iodine and magnesium. These are not expensive formulations. These are inexpensive remediation materials, namely minerals. And I can tell you that since I started supplementing with iodine and magnesium, my whole way of being changed. It just picked up again. And that is one way back to our real selves. Absolutely. It's up to us. And, you know, you're you're right. I mean, this is neither an expensive product nor a moneymaker to sell. But it's so important if you want to think clearly. Nascent iodine, um, thyroid function, uh <laughs> antibacterial, antiviral, etc. And every, every cell needs iodine, of course, and rejuvenating that. And of course, that builds up physical uh, physical health and helps mental acuity. And we talk on the show a lot about the pharmaceutical industry and you know, all the different drugs that they continue to develop, which don't do anything but treat symptoms of diseases. And to really take care of yourself, it, it, it's... Uh, it takes effort, and, it, and it, you have you to try at it. But yep. the natural supplements are really the only thing that that I would say are safe that actually go to the root of the problem. You know, the pharmaceutical industries, each company makes billions of dollars just mitigating symptoms, never reaching cures, which is something that can be done with proper health diet and, and uh, intaking the right natural supplements. I, 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 by the way, Sophia, I, I love it. You flu vaccine um, you've got a video on there nurse dies after receiving f- flu vaccine did you see the one it's self-explanatory I mean, I mean you know that's two, oh, I love that two, uh, two infants yeah. received the vaccine at yeah. the same time and, and simultaneously both died just this week or last week and the, the yeah. doctors tried to say it was just a coincidence well you know Sophia I mean all of this is part of that incremental death process you were talking about or the killing process hmm well, everybody is in this on their own. I mean, everybody's learning curve is going to be different. Everybody's going to have to put forth that little bit of beginning effort, right? Mm. And it's hard to do this by yourself. I know so many people who tell me they have nobody to talk to about this stuff. And they're, it's like they're wandering in a spiritual desert. They have awakened. And they've seen that everything is upside down, that all these agendas and programs are exactly the opposite of what they purport to be. And to me, that's very much like what happens visually. You know, I'm sure you learned this in in school, because I did, and I've never forgotten it because it's so bizarre. But our eyes see everything upside down because the image that crosses through the lens and lands on the retina is actually it's showing upside down and yet our brain does the flip it just does it effortlessly and so I never have seen anything upside down because my brain is constantly 
making it right side up so that I can orient myself and navigate. But I decided the other day that, well, you know, the, the way things are, it parallels how we see. The way things are is all upside down. And we have to start getting our brains into shape to do the flip. That's what waking up is. It's having a brain that says, yeah, I know how to do this flip. Here, this is how it really is. Exactly. And and that's a good word picture. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, we... And thank you for that. I mean, that's fantastic. We only have a few minutes left here, Sophia. Um, in your closing remarks, uh, well, you've got the floor. Um, what's what's going on in today's world? Uh, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. We did. In a lot of yeah. different areas. Um, what's most concerning to you in our current climate? Political, economic, uh, the continuation of what we're talking about with, you know, uh, this, this massive um, assault attack on, on people, their minds, their bodies. Um, and, and then we also want to give you a chance to promote your, your podcast and such. So go ahead. Well, you're very kind, um, to have me say whatever I'm about to say and I don't even know what it is. So I'll just talk. I think that it all starts with your health because I've noticed on my path that if I can give somebody some insight into why their body is going in the direction that it's going and that makes sense to them, then they can start to see that the other things I'm saying may also be correct, right? I mean, what do people care about the most? They care about their wallet and their health. When their health really goes south on them, then they can't do anything. So it's sad that you have to wait till people are in that state of degeneration to offer them something. And frequently they don't listen. But I have found that I've, I've gotten enough knowledge, like I can talk iodine, I can talk magnesium, I can talk electron transfer, I can talk basic things that cost nothing, but because I know how to explain them, people will listen. And then I can start talking chemtrails and vaccines and all this other stuff. So to me, it's ter- what's happening politically is terrible, what's happening economically is terrible, but if you don't have a grasp on your own well-being, if you're not master of your own well-being, you're just going to be washing around in a tsunami which is everything else Hmm. you're right you're right on that and you know boy if you've ever been in pain and tried to if you write a toothache and try to think do a complex math problem with a toothache it's comparable to that I suppose and that's that speaks to you know you have people with physical ailments you have mental ailments, you have emotional ailments, and if one or all of those are off kilter or things aren't right, you're not going to be able to function properly. Yeah, exactly. And, and the way you approach it, health first, problems second. You, you, and, and I get that. Good, good stuff. Okay. 
very good for for not knowing where where you you, you take us that was perfect in terms of laying it out well you know take care of uh step you go to step a and b and then then you tackle the 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 other issues will be more understandable and such so fantastic Sophia, well, we want our power back, and your power is in your own flesh. That's where it is. And if that's in good condition and your brain is able to work and you feel good because your body is together, then you, then you have a beginning. From a physical sense, absolutely, yes, yes. And, and of course, you know, recognizing the spiritual Christian side of things, uh, of, of course, you know, prayer as well. But no, you, you're right with respect to getting your body correct, and and you're right about too. Uh, very true. People's uh, wallets and people's health. That's what that's what uh, you know physically what what puts on people's minds. When do you broadcast? And you broadcast in the um. Go ahead and promote your. Uh, your show, your show. Yes, I do my own podcast. It has no title. I try to do a couple of shows a month. Um, okay. I have no producer or anything. I do it all by myself. And there's my blog page, and there's my store, and um, I do lots of interviews like this. I'm, I've been lucky that I've been invited now a little more frequently to do shows, and I have my newsletter. I forgot all about that. Yes. So oh. on my website, wherever you go, aboutthesky.com, there is a little uh, left margin icon, and that will take you to my newsletter page where you can read samples. So what I do with the newsletter is it's a monthly snail mail. It's a personal newsletter. It's um, creative and entertaining, but it's really also very dense and deep. And it enables me to cohere wherever I've wandered most recently and to present a topic or one or two topics in a six-page format that people can keep with them. And I've had subscribers. I've been doing this since 2010. It's by subscription. I've had people stay with me since then, which is a big honor. And so I would invite people to read some of the sample newsletters. And I do a lot of radio shows on the topics and content of my newsletters to share with people who don't subscribe. But the newsletter is another thing. So thank you for that opportunity. Well, sure. And that's something I I, I love the old school approach. I love to be able to read a, a physical newsletter. I think there's nothing like that. It's better than a screen. And, uh, um, yeah, so so we really appreciate that. And, of course, uh, aboutthesky.com, uh, Sophia Smallstrom, storm.com. That is, we have links up on our program description. Sophia, thank you so very much for your gift of time tonight. Really, it was it was it was an honor to have you, and we covered a lot of ground. We laid a, you really laid the foundation for many people, and and for, uh, and I'm sure you've opened up many eyes, especially the people who have never really heard this before or heard it in such a manner that they were, they had to turn to turn off to turn the channel because it was just too much for them. You kind of really laid things out in a manner that uh, was more accepting, I think. So I really appreciate that. Well, as I said, you know, my college education didn't allow me to pursue things so that I could understand them, and that's what I've been doing. And thank you, both of you, for being such amazing hosts, so relaxed and so wise. I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you. Oh, we'll have you back. And... uh well, I'm not sure about the wise part, but uh, 
Uh, it's been a pleasure and a great interview. Well, God, God bless you, ma'am. Thank you so very much, and we will we'll be back in touch to have you back and uh, uh, get deeper into other topics as well. You've been a you've been a very gracious gracious guest. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right, God bless. All right, folks, that was uh, Sophia Smallstorm, and and the, the links to her websites are on are are built into our program description. So go ahead and, and check out her websites. Amazing picture uh, there at uh, aboutthesky.com. And, and it, 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 again, it struck me, Joe, th- that picture on aboutthesky.com, um, the, the one she created, struck me as kind of being, okay, you know, it kind of slapped me upside the head. No pun intended with respect to the picture, but... Uh, uh, Anyway, that, that just, I just thought that was really interesting. But, but she, and she, folks, if you, if you've listened to her discuss many topics from 9-11 to, to any, I mean, all, everything, it's just, uh, her research is very reasoned and very measured. So that's very she, good. Uh, she's had a newsletter. She has interviews yeah. on, on her website. You can find them also on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very interesting. Indeed. Uh, yeah. The wide range of topics. Now, Okay, just to let people know too, we had Steve and uh, uh, Ross Powell on earlier, but but the Oroville Oroville Dam situation, you know, we're monitoring that very closely. Our prayers are with the people in the path of that, and and it's interesting because the issue there is um, a little bit. It, it's it speaks about our infrastructure. Okay, the uh, flaws. Yeah, you know, I want to address this, not to interrupt you. Well, go ahead. Well, it's still in in my mind. I saw, um, I don't know what website it was, or or it was a a mainstream, you know, news site, internet article, talking about climate, man-made climate change that that caused the drought in California, which led to the, uh, you know, uh, the poor um, state of the dam. Right. Which is the, it's basically boiled down to man-made climate change is the reason the dam broke, not the decades of ignoring the structural fa- uh, failures and problems that it was having, you know, not the um, uh, mismanagement of the water resources. I mean, nothing, not the twelve years of warnings that were given to these people about what could happen. And, and but don't it's, forget it's that water change. level was down too. At, at one well, point. that was their excuse, saying when when they got all that rain and those big winter storms came through about a month or so ago, that it overloaded it beyond its capacity, and because of that, um, we see what we're we're seeing to now, which which is a, a catastrophic, uh, a dire flooding threat for hundreds of thousands of people. Headline on Drudge right now. Two hundred thousand people, and this is this is just the beginning. uh, As we talked about, flee from uh, danger, dam race to repair before storm. As we said in the beginning, there's storms scheduled to come in as early as Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday that could make the situation, you know, just unbelievably worse than what it is right now. And uh, again. The, the and some more headlines. Nightmare scenario at Oroville Dam. Officials fighting to prevent ignored warnings for twelve, 12 years. years. And and where were they when the water levels were were down? The lakes were empty, virtually empty, and the water was low enough to easily mend the broken spillway. For example. Yeah. Now they're trying um, to throw rocks and hot concrete into yeah. raging waters. Like that's going to do anything. It's like throwing sand into a river. Um, it's not going to help. 
Well, I mean, they can't do nothing, so they have to do something. And but the timing on this is it's pretty sad. And I, I, yeah. So I mean, this this is the economic damage, and that was the one thing that Ross and, and I well, mentioned they want to because of reinsurance. So they'll be fine, right? Yeah, they can take care of themselves. Sorry. Well, no. I mean, the, the the reinsurance aspect of this, the potential for the uh, economic disaster. You want to, you want to. I mean, you want an economic disaster. This would be enough to send the the entire world uh, into uh, a tailspin economically because of the uh, damage this would cause. Because again, we're not talking about. I don't know about economically, but uh, oh yeah, the food. The, well, the, the food shortages? Yeah, you want to pay $5 for a head of lettuce? Uh, that could be a big problem for the world. Well, all, all of this combined, you've got this disaster in the making, and I, I find the timing interesting. I'm not sure how many people out there uh, think about this as well, the timing interesting with uh, with respect to uh, Trump being in office and, and this happening now. Okay, I, I'm not, I'm I'm not, not going you. anywhere <laughs> with this. I could just see the headline. Trump's presidency causes damn break. Well, you know, I, it's it's yeah. Well, <laughs> don't forget a lot of the, the wall, a lot of the infrastructure money. Uh, ah. a, a lot of the a lot of the money that was uh, that was um, uh, uh, attributed to or earmarked for infrastructure was used on projects like Solyndra and and other you know green things, so green initiatives. So just keep that in in mind too. So our prayers are with everyone in that area, and we need to pray against this, obviously, uh, because prayer does make a difference. We've seen, um, but we have to. We oh, have absolutely, to watch this. It does. so it might be the only difference that we can make at this point. Yeah, uh, is prayer and yeah, yeah. But by the way, uh, other and I just want to point out there's two videos that that I did today. Uh, if you go ahead, I mean, the very, very short one is four minutes. The other, I think, is seven, eight, nine minutes. I don't know what the it is. Ninja Obama, uh, community but organizing again. It's spread those. Um, I, I do connect the dots with respect to, to Obama, the, uh, uh, 32,525, uh, activists that he's got under his control as yeah, well as 250 offices. And he's in DC. He's, he's in, in the evolution of, uh, Obama for America to organizing for action, and there was one other incarnation in between those two. I would urge everyone to understand what is taking place here, because these are the very people who are out there attempting to uh, cause chaos, or not attempting to, actually creating riots and chaos and property destruction. These are the warrior class uh, against the against not just the uh, uh, pro-Trump people, but against the Americans. It's Obama's third term. <laughs> well, this is the shadow uh, government, uh, the the covert uh, uh, things that Obama is doing. And watch a couple of other things that we've got. Watch for uh, Rents Priebus and Flynn. The, there's there's two people right there. You heard from Robert David Steele and others, but those two guys right there. Uh, I don't know how long they are uh, for the Trump administration. Uh, previous is, in my view, uh, based on everything I looked at, is no friend to Trump, and and Flynn has got some. Uh, he's going to be busy with damage control, I suspect. Yeah, there's some issues about some kind of uh, communications he had with Russia before yes. Trump took. I haven't really read that, but I know well, there's been problems yeah. with Flynn before this. But yeah, that's the actually in the scheme of things. 
I'm not certain that's 100% uh, right. uh, with, with with respect to Flynn. That's his entire problem. It's more of a, a, a treacherous situation, especially with Priebus and uh, uh, yeah. Flynn's second. So watch that. You wonder where the leaks are coming from. The leaks are coming from inside and inside that, that group of people. And so uh, and on a more closing, on that. Yeah, go on. On a, on a closing story, uh, which I find kind of humorous, uh, this has to do with the White House press corps and the visit between Trump and uh, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau. Trudeau. Brian Williams, Katie Turr, and Wolf Blitzer attack Daily Caller journalists for not asking Trump the questions they wanted to ask. So there yeah. was a press conference today, MSNBC, CNN, heavily criticized the Daily Caller following President Trump's Monday press conference that. with the Canadian That's Prime ridiculous. Minister. Why did they? Why did they jump on this woman? Because the mainstream media is mad because Trump called on the less established Daily Caller over the Reuters, NBC, MSNBC cesspool that's in the White House press corps. And you're going to see more and more of this. And the the more this happens, the more Sean Spicer is going to be laid out as the uh, sacrificial lamb. Spicer is not long, uh, at least not in that position. I I, I believe you're going to see some massive. And very uh, severe changes within the Trump administration. This is what I've been hearing. Uh, so, and, and expect that in the next month or so. And, but, but this is by design, and, and as a consequence of this internal uh, infighting among the uh, the Patriots and the old guard. So, folks, that's the way it is. Oh, that's a Cronkite saying. I uh, banish me for saying that. Uh, until tomorrow, may God bless and keep each and every one of you safe. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.